0: This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by two things. The first thing is you, our wonderful Patreon backers who have donated enough money to make us do a totally new show. It's called Monster in My Podcast. It is a thrice, not twice or once, thrice a week exploration of the Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition Monstrous Manual with future seasons covering other monstrous manuals. Uh, Five minutes or less, super short, we get in, we get out, we talk about monsters Please check it out. We really like it. The second thing it's brought to you by is Souls of Darkness, the book that I wrote. If you go to www.powerworlds.com, you can find all of the info and get yourself a copy. Um, I'm sorry about how high international shipping is. It's just how expensive it is. Domestic it's not too bad. Uh, I'd love it if you checked it out. It is a parody book, um, as if a Worlds of Power book were written about dark souls as if dark souls was a nintendo game um i'm really yeah, i'm proud of it i'm glad that it is out i would love it if you guys gave it a chance so uh two things monster in my podcast souls of darkness check them out
1: welcome, welcome to the, the D&D, world. DD world
2: mage come sit by the fire and let us plan our mighty assault ah i think it'll help look here our target is an underground fortress built into the substructure of fair in itself Locals are said to shield their children's eyes from the hideous wretches within, and gag them thusly with a pantaloon, lest they breathe in the stench. But thus is the fair lair of our quarry, the Terrapin, filth-ensconced warriors.
0: I have something that'll help. I have a beast here I purchased the town. Look, mm. uh, appears in groups of four. Intelligent, chaotic. Oh, that's an insane armor class. The uh, Thaco's gonna be a beholder of a nuisance. uh, Known to party, that must mean group tactics. We have our work cut out for us.
2: Wake the thief, mage. We can expect a lich load of puzzles and traps. These four fiends may be our greatest prey yet.
0: (laughs) Gnarly! Hey, Leo! Watch me enact an ancient ninja ritual by doing a wicked 180 over that pile of human shit! (laughs) Tubular!
2: Don't slip, dude! You have, like, a lot of open wounds, and it'd be a shame to get a radical infection from rubbing your cut up on that pile of diapers!
0: No sweat! Well, Mikey hasn't met the medical waste yet, Ollie! Uh, Just- uh Oh, dude! Are you okay? Whoa! I totally have a urine soaked condom in my eye. Bummer.
2: Yeah, that's pretty deep in the socket there, but it's nothing a little bit of pizza won't fix. Yeah, let me rub that up on there. Let's I gotta move aside this bodacious hillock of dead goldfish and
0: turds. Cowabunga!
2: (laughs) Oh hell McGarenta strength.
0: Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. And this week we are talking about brawlers.
2: In fact, two brawler games that our Patreon backers have uh, have chosen for us to play.
0: A.K.A. Beat them Up. Yes. Or A.K.A. Beat Them Up. Yes, Beat Them Up. It is a, it is beat, a beat Them Up game. It, it is, is a, a Beat Them Up genre. A beats them up. Hey,
2: friend, would you like to go down to the local game emporium and play a, an hour or two of a Beat Them Up
0: game? Young boy, would you like to play Duke Nuke Them or an average Beat Them Up? <laughs> I would choose a Beat Them Up, please, sir. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for, so uh, for those of you who don't know what we mean by a brawler or a Beat Them Up, uh, this is a game where you kind of navigate these different stages as a character. There's usually um, kind of a weird perspective where you move in the foreground and, and aft, and uh, you fight off large numbers of uh, kind of mooks, and then there are boss fights that come through. But they're kind of defined by simplicity, like uh, Generally.
2: Yes, generally. So, you know, they're pretty much approachable as button mashers since the very beginning, but the best ones either add some systems on top of that or reward you actually paying attention and learning the nuances of the movement and attack. Like, these are pretty simple games, but there can be complexity here.
0: Well, more, uh, in addition to being kind of simple, these are, this is a genre that is, uh, tied to the arcade. Oh yeah. So, um, there is an element of limiting your vocabulary to get more quarters out of you. Yeah. It's, um,
2: it is a game design derived from economy.
0: Yes. Yes. From, from getting money for, for greedy, greedy, greedy piece of shit, arcade owners and <laughs> 12,000 <laughs> so tickets for, for a bike. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even want that. I don't think that lava lamp will work. Um, <laughs> You know, and every single every time. So if I go to a ticket game place, I get a yo-yo because I like yo-yos. But I've never had a yo-yo last more than like six yos. <laughs>
2: like, wait, wait a minute. Like, is, is a is a six yo? So that's three throws. because there, there's or, two yos to a throw, right? It yos I, out and yos back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, so yeah, like yeah, exactly. Three throws, six yos, maybe five. Hmm. Like it, it just goes down and then just falls off and rolls away. <laughs> It's like the saddest thing, especially when you look at me, like it's just like this grown man walking down the street, like dip, 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 dip. And then just the, the yo-yo falls off and
2: yeah, it just, rolls it, off into a it sewer. It slips loose from its leash and rolls back to the arcade so he can resell
0: yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll fly back to the store so you can buy me again. Um Yeah. Uh, so uh that kind of limited vocabulary means there's going to be some unavoidable attacks. And what mm-hmm. we're saying is the best ones mitigate that to a degree. None of them get rid of it, it feels like. No, not even the other um, modern ones that are, like, free of that arcade constraint. Yeah, the, the ones that we're playing today that are good, mm-hmm. like, don't totally get rid of it. They just, they just ease it back. So it's something that you have to be okay with. Yeah. Um, so these games uh, are entirely focused on combat and fighting. And this even goes back to uh, Kung Fu Master, um, which was, the, like, this game that uh, where you just kind of move to the right and fight a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the first one of these, this genre.
2: Yes, and uh, Double Dragon is another kind of pole of this that added multiplayer um into the mix and kind of like hammered down some of these design tropes like level variety, enemy variety, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Street Fighter came out, not Street Fighter Two, um, brought brawlers down to this one-on-one level, and then later brawlers would kind of borrow some of that combat design and move this to a to a larger scale. And this is really kind of where uh, fighting games came from. Mm-hmm. Is if you do the opposite of uh, you know, uh, the the the, the greedy arcade owner is going to get your quarter no matter what if there's two people playing so they can give you ways to avoid damage and give you you know a wide vocabulary
2: yeah, yeah. and because they lived in the arcade um you can make a lot of money like all these elements combined the multiplayer side of it you know you are getting a quarter or a credit out of up to like in the case of x-men six people every yeah. you know seven minutes or so <laughs> over the course of this you know 40 40 you know this 40 minute to an hour game
0: yeah and and the thing i mean they get they like get this money because of this this loop, this kind of addictive loop and because you it's fun to play with friends, but they are fun to play. Oh yeah. Like every arcade game has this problem. Like yeah. very it's very, you know, people can do that where it's like, "Oh, I'm going to beat Pac-Man on one quarter." Like, "Yes, you can do that." But that's how many, how many quarters does that take you to <laughs> to get there? Like it, for the average arcade player, you know, the best way to treat this is like you're renting the room for a certain amount of time for $5 and not yeah. think of it as individual money that you're putting into do i think yeah and uh, none of the
2: games that we're talking about here get as bad as xantar where you cannot beat the gelatinous cube
0: yes yeah that is that is, he has a real real uh good D on the mind um <laughs> yeah or i mean there there are there are way worse quarter stealing games i mean dragon's Lair is the one that i always think back to being just like <laughs> the shittiest because it's literally just you get up to an articulation point you try you know one of your five verbs until you find one that works and then you die, and then you try again, and again, and again. It's literally just like it's a quiz. $6 to see yeah. this movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a quiz where you have to, you have to remember. Um, so, yeah. And these eventually kind of evolved into these, uh, these character action games. Yes, yeah, so uh, your devils may cry and your bayonets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, where the, you're still moving forward and punching dudes, but those are more about player skill, and that's because it left the arcade. Right, um, and it's also moved kind of away from multiplayer too. Oh yeah, um, you know that's that's no longer the focus because multiplayer is so huge and so important to the genre. Cool, did you get a chance to play these with people? Uh, back in the day, yeah. Okay,
2: uh, for this um, for this playthrough, I kind of like I had to soldier on, but I know what it's like to play um, both of these games with a, with a bunch of folks. So yeah,
0: this yeah. Uh, luckily uh, this this go round, me and Will played Shadows of Mestara, oh, nice. and then I ended up playing Turtles by myself. Uh, which is fine, because yeah. that's how I played it a lot when I was young. Um, so we're going to focus on two specific games, and these were voted... Uh, we put together four and took the top two from a poll. Um, this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, and uh, Dungeons & Dragons Shadow over Mystara.
2: Yes, and uh, like a lot of our split EPs, uh, this is a split between Capcom and Konami.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and you can kind of see like the different philosophies here, even though these are both kind of... Um, you know two companies at the height of their brawler power mm-hmm. um moving in moving in pretty different directions that don't necessarily uh key into larger company philosophy I feel like right um, but here these are these are very different games um, I will I will admit that I campaigned really shamelessly for both of these um, I would have been fine with either of the two other entries but mm-hmm. these were the two that are my favorite
2: yeah I'm happy we uh so, so mistara I think we definitely needed to talk about like even though we have addressed it a little bit before like back in the DD special mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that that is like a necessity just because there's so much to talk about there mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm kind of happy turtles turtles and time got here because it does feel like the bog standard Konami like by talking about turtles in time we're going to hit so many of the generalities exactly we're gonna like, talk about
0: x-men and yeah simpsons and definitely
2: shit. like anything that has konami's names name on it your sunset riders and such yeah. um and uh but uh, it, it'll be awesome it, it would be awesome at
0: some point to talk about river city ransom that's the one that i was really uh hoping for but river city care? ransom is really good and also complicated in a way other than shadows of mistara yep it's complicated <laughs> river city ransom um one of the reasons why i'm okay it didn't make it is because it was never an arcade game yeah so it it almost feels like a different kind of game hmm. to me. Like it is, it is a brawler, yeah. Um, but it's got the, the RPG elements and things in that um, aren't audacious because they didn't appear in an arcade. Yeah. You know, it's still neat. It's mm-hmm. still a good game. Like I like river city ransom a lot, but it's yeah. not, um, it's not as, it's not really emblematic of the, of the genre right. to me. Yep. I
2: had a lot of multiplayer experience with river city ransom though. That was one of the NES games we had when I was young and played it a ton at my babysitters with a bunch of yeah. other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I played it a lot too, and it is like that multiplayer part is a uh, big thing. But the economy part of it, things like that, um, and just the fact that it's not like a quarter eating machine, which is a, which is a negative, right? <laughs> but it's just what I associate with this. Yeah, yeah, this genre. Even when you play them at home, they still end up being qu- quarter eater, uh, which uh, we'll find out with Turtles in Time. Yeah, uh, which is not as bad as it could be, but you know, it's gonna take you take you a bunch of lives to beat Turtles in Time. Yep. Um Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about Turtles in Time. Let's get
2: there. Uh, so Turtles in Time, um, also known as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, um, because of a weird Byzantine uh, numbering system, uh, was developed and published by Konami
0: for the Super Nintendo in 1992. Yeah, and the, the ver- that's the version we're playing. Um, it's a remake or a kind of expansion of an arcade game, um, which was a sequel to the very popular Ninja Turtles arcade game. Um, but this, has, this is kind of the definitive version. Um, there's some changes in levels, some new bosses, and uh, some new bonus stages that use uh, Mode 7. Yes. Yes. Um, And this is also, this is kind of an upgrade from the first Turtles game in that uh, you can play as the different Turtles, which you always can, but they have different strengths and weaknesses, um, which is really cool.
2: Yes. And uh, they also have their own special moves and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: And it feels really, uh,
2: we're going to notice this in D&D as well, or in Shadow of the the differences between the characters are very intuitive. It feels very much in the spirit of the uh, of the source material so you have like leonardo and michelangelo who you know they're they're pretty similar they kind of have similar reach and their balance for power and speed the biggest difference between them is their uh, special attack
0: well also uh, michelangelo does more damage as well okay um i think leonardo is a little bit quicker michelangelo is the is supposed to be like the power character Hmm. in this um so he's he does a little bit more damage um rafael is fast but uh very weak um both in the amount of damage he does and defensively he takes more damage
2: yeah also has very uh very short reach as well
0: yeah. And then Donatello has a really, really huge reach, but his attack is pretty slow. Yeah. Um, on power, I think he's about the same as Leonardo. Okay. Um, so by tra- trading reach for speed. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, this game added these combos that ended in power attacks that are necessary to kind of break the defenses of some of the, the some of the enemies that you're going to see, as well as kind of more granular control over your throws and grapples.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are not a lot of pickups. There are two. Um, you can get pizza, which restores your health. And a bomb pizza, uh, which makes you uh, spin around in a circle and kind of turn into this whirling dervish of destruction. Uh, to clear the screen. Yeah, and those are strate- uh, strategically placed. Uh, pizza becomes much rarer as the game goes on. Yeah, um, like really noticeably so.
2: They are. It's a, like they're checkpoints. Is really what they are. Like yeah. they're checkpoints that you have to decide when to use. Um, yes. you know, specifically because like
0: you'll see one at the edge of a screen, and usually that means that that means there's a boss coming up. A boss coming up, or just a tough encounter, and uh, you had to be a little strategic as to uh, when you eat the pizza, and then also if you're playing with other people, who gets the pizza? <laughs> um, and you can tell a good. You can tell like a next level brawler player if uh, you're strategic about uh you know who picks up what. Yeah. As opposed to uh you know just uh everyone grabbing the shinies on the ground.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you did you mean to sound
0: smug there? I did because I'm okay. referencing an amazing uh, game fact that I talk about for Shadows of Mastara <laughs> Okay. That has a whole section about um using shorthand to strategize um your tactics. So instead of being like yeah you know hey, man grab that uh, grab the ice rod ice rod that's too many words you should say uh blue mage ice rod get <laughs> <laughs> it's this really in-depth fact that it has this like this code that these these guys use in arcade to, <laughs> you have to you talk know, like no bunga <laughs> a paladin sword pick you know it's just really it's, it's pretty ridiculous yeah
2: it's like that same joke everybody says where somebody rattles off a, like a like a nonsense abbreviation then it takes mm-hmm. more time to explain it yeah that's ridiculous
0: yes. yeah,
2: <laughs> um, yeah how, how about uh like hey let me have that or you take that that's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just like most of the time it's not going to matter. Like the the high level Masara play that guys doing is is a little bit alien to me even though it does exist. Like people mm-hmm. do one credit clears on super hard mode. Mm-hmm. Um which is really impressive. Seems so like that something that would be happen.
2: popular on like streaming events and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. 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 Um so, uh, what I, you can just tell I can't wait to talk about Shadows of Mestara. I love I love this <laughs> yeah. turtles game too.
2: Yeah. Um, um, Turtles in Time got a uh, kind of a partial remake in, um Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis as well. Uh, but this was just like more of an adaptation to the new hardware. So it's uh it has fewer levels, but the levels are longer, um, and uh, fewer mechanics that kind of rely on that mode seven kind of thing. This is the version of the game that I have the most experience with.
0: Yeah, actually. Um, so. there's actually um, so I I've not played uh, Hyperstone Heist. Um, I've also not played um, – there was a PS2-era Turtles game called Mutant Nightmare that included a port of the arcade version, hmm. um, not of the SNES version. Um, so that was the only way to get the arcade version for a while. And then there's also um, Ubisoft remade Turtles in Time in 2009 as Turtles in Time reshelled, and people hated it. I never actually played it. I just remember reading that everyone hated it.
2: Yeah, I remember reading reviews and watching videos and stuff, just the switch to full 3D. Mm. Um just completely ruins any of like the crispness and deliberate uh, deliberateness of the of the game.
0: Well, and I, I just imagine it being ugly because oh, yeah. the the sprite work here is really great.
2: Yeah, like this is this is a real real pretty game. Yeah, and if you comp- yeah. like even comparing shots between the uh, the arcade and the SNES, like the way that they that they kind of like downsampled everything for the SNES really does look good
0: native on the system. Yeah, it's re- it's very good looking, and they give you a lot of options. You can actually in the option mode you can switch between um, comic and cartoon mode. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to have the uh like the outlines mm-hmm. around your characters and it changes the way things look like it, it it's was supposed to be a visual uh kind of treat yeah for for you and I think it operates as such mm-hmm. um, real yep. quick before we get into this I I think I was mentioned this before but this was uh, along with my first Super Nintendo game mm-hmm. uh, this along with uh Mario World and this was it was a thing at Christmas where I unwrapped this before I unwrapped the Super Nintendo <laughs> so I didn't know it so this was very the very first Super Nintendo thing I owned oh nice was Turtles in Time.
2: Did, um, did did that give it away, or did, uh or were you like, oh, I can't play this?
0: No, no, <laughs> no it gave it away. Uh, my, my my stepdad was cruel in other ways. Okay,
2: um, <laughs> when the, I, uh, when I when I was similarly young, I imagine, uh, I, I was about like. Eh four or five you were you were like 10 when the snes came out so that's different um uh, it was it was like christmas like 93 or something like that and uh, i really wanted a game boy you know real bad but i didn't know my parents had gotten me one for christmas um and kind of what gave it away was like two weeks before we received a package in the mail from my grandpa who uh has passed but he lived in columbia south carolina and it was the battletoads game for the mm. for the game boy and you know i was like hey what's what's this mean i can't play this game and i was led to believe that like oh maybe he just he just didn't know what systems you had just hold on to it <laughs> and so, so i'm like bummed out for two weeks because i can't play my christmas
0: gift good thing that didn't happen like a little bit later or you would have like walked down to the store and sold it you know <laughs> like, it, like in the the age of big used media like mm-hmm. cd stores and game stores you could have picked yourself up a nintendo game for yeah. that yeah i could have uh asked to go to the uh to the video game exchange but they knew what was up
2: yeah they would have said, no, <laughs> no. Aren't you grateful? Yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Enjoy your box.
2: <laughs> um. Oh, man. Uh, there is a plot here. Um, I, I didn't bother tr- to transcribe it because it's super basic. But uh, the Krang steals the Statue of Liberty and the Shredder taunts the turtles on television.
0: Yes. I don't know what Shredder or Krang wants the Statue of Liberty for um, whatsoever, but it shows a, a rare appearance of Greg, Krang's uh, giant robot body. Yeah, um, Rare at this point, uh, at least when I was watching the, the show, mm-hmm. and then he's going to make a big appearance in this thing. Um, yeah, Turtles are hanging out. They see this. They head into action. The first level is the, uh, the Big Apple, and I, we can talk about it just a little bit. I really like the way this game is structured. Oh, yeah. Um, this first kind of like prequel levels before things get real um i really like that these like first three levels or four levels could just be levels from the last game Mm -hmm. um i really like that definitely before it gets real you know it it
2: could be an entire game in and of itself like and it is like the canonical thing like oh we're gonna start out in the city
0: and we're going to the technodrome before it goes off the rails like this is a
2: game in two acts yep super cool
0: yeah um so yes you start off with the big apple you get to hear this nice little digitized speech of the turtle saying the stage names (laughs) um you know and i love the 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 inflection, like, there's no direction here. Like, sometimes <laughs> it's just like the idiot enthusiasm I associate with the turtles, and then sometimes I sound kind of sad <laughs> uh, for some reason. I, the I Big I Apple, <sighs> Alley Cat Blues. <laughs> uh. um, so the uh, you're fighting on this bridge. Essentially, and you're introduced to your basic foe in this, which are foot soldiers wearing different color costumes yeah. that denote their weapons or their their verb set in some other way.
2: Yeah, and you're mostly just fighting like uh you know hand to hand guys right now. Maybe a couple, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple of swords. Um, I didn't find like the the like the variety with with a few exceptions of like the mini boss ones essentially, or the ones that are designed for specific encounters. Like uh, our basic foot soldiers, different weapons didn't make that much of a difference for me.
0: If it's a melee weapon, no. Right. Um, where the things, when it gets interesting is when they start mixing up um, the uh, range weapon guys. Mm-hmm. Um, either the you know the guys that just kind of uh, drive by and come in from the side of the screen and shoot an arrow or whatever. Or the uh, the guys that have a reusable, like a boomerang mm-hmm. or something like that. Then it becomes complicated. Or the guys who throw bombs. Like none of the enemies that you fight in this are particularly uh, complicated other than the uh, shield mm-hmm. guys, um, which is, is teaching you a very important mechanic. Um, but the game gets its complexity and kind of interest out of mixing up basic foes yeah um which is really cool like i think it does a really good job of that but what it means is we're going to kind of cruise past this first level because a lot of it is just fighting foot soldiers who just have like a nunchuck versus foot soldiers that have a sword right and they're not very different to fight Mm -hmm. yep so you're going down this bridge and then krang's robot shows up as this kind of like set
2: piece firing these lasers from the background and a lot of these stages are going to have background threats like this this one just opens up being very cinematic that is a gigantic sprite
0: yeah yeah i love that like, this was, I mean, this is really colored by, like, little, you know, 12 or 13-year-old me. But I was just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what do I do? What?" that? What's <laughs> that no uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, this, the, the, for
2: me this was kind of colored so you know I was a big Sonic kid around this time right and by mm-hmm. the time I you know was playing this game I don't think like, maybe not in the maybe not at home because I never owned a copy of this maybe I rented it a couple times but especially in the arcade like at the end of Sonic 2 and especially at the end of Sonic 3 you have like the gigantic Eggman robots that are attacking yeah. from the background you know that's at the very end of the game and you had to fight any number of like basic you know Rob- Dr. Robotnik and his ship kind of guys to get to that. Like that's a climactic thing. But opening with this as like it's gambit here, like visually and kind of mechanically, um, is uh is a huge deal. Yeah. Or at least it was to me like back in the arcade.
0: And and I just I like Krang's dumb robot body. He has such a dumb face. I God do I love it. Like if you could make up your own body, why <laughs> would you make it like like chunk from the Goonies? Like <laughs> it is so weird. Um and, and you always also when you're watching the cartoon you always knew shit was real. Like if Krang started walking around in that thing, it was like, oh, <laughs> like somebody's in trouble. The neutrinos are gonna get spanked. <laughs> the, but, yeah, but yeah, it was just, uh, it was always just weird when when that came out, and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I don't have one of those; it's a rare toy. But mm-hmm. I've got Krang in his little walker because I, I like Krang a lot. Oh yeah. Um, Krang's voice on the cartoon doesn't sound like anything else. Like, there's never been a voice acting performance I feel like that is similar to krang um because he's so like he's extruding the words out of his mouth sideways like you know it's yeah everything is this like little like an infant dying uh in yeah. inhalation before it actually pops up
2: yeah it's like yeah. if uh if dr claw had as- asthma and also uh recently had a stroke
0: yes <laughs> yeah it is it is it is as dark uh as that <laughs> it's, there's just a filter of like that kind of like alien dying over everything he says and he snorts every once in a while man when when when, when Krang snorts like <laughs> it is so good uh, he snorts so good um hey, Krang, yeah, he's uh, not real good dog he's a good snorter he's a, he's, he's a good pup the uh i i like Krang a lot um unfortunately Krang is not the boss of this is what what i thought um you get to the end of the stage and we actually run to baxter stockman who is another uh turtles character who i have a lot of affection oh, for. i
2: love baxter stockman
0: yeah, and he invents Mausers, which are a really pleasing design. Oh, yeah. Um, Baxter Shockman is good when he's a fly monster and when he's just a human dude.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, here he's a boss, and he flies around. So this is the first aerial enemy that we find. And so you have to kind of, like, um, time your attacks between his volleys because he has this machine gun that angles down. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, this guy, he's pretty... I was surprised by how easy he is to beat without taking a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Like, um, his his patterns are pretty predictable. Um and you, the, the beat-em-up thing that—the way that beat-em-ups balance to make you lose quarters is when you're hitting a guy and they just have an attack that automatically just—you you can't stunlock them. They just knock you out of the combo and knock you down. Right. Um, this guy, he doesn't really have that. Um, you know, he he does this flying thing, and then he goes over to one side of the screen and walks up and down and shoots. <laughs> you can that's a really good time you can get a lot of damage and uh he has phases so after he his machine gun breaks he gets this goo gun He <laughs> shoots a gigantic goo ghosts like slime hand
2: yeah it's like thing. a like a bigger ghostlier version of that uh gooey hand you got from the dentist for being yes. a, for being a very good boy
0: yes it's exactly like that or like a 25 cent machine um yeah but you you take him down um and then we are we're down on the street level um down to alley cat, alley cat blues, alley
2: cat uh, blues. This introduces uh kind of like stage uh, hazards. You have these manholes yes. that are open up that you can fall down, which uh, this is ubiquitous across the turtles games. <laughs> like, yes. they, like this mechanic and just like, just like who turned out the lights um, was off. Like even on the game boy version that I had, you
0: should, you should be, if anyone should be okay, falling into a sewer <laughs> like, It is literally these guys. Yep. Um, yeah, it is. It is real, uh, real silly. But uh, you you head to the right. You're introduced to a couple of new uh, new enemies. Not a whole lot, but a few, yeah. um, including these uh, these things called Roadkill Rodney's. I love are these, this design. It's a really really great design. I find them a pain to fight. Mm-hmm. Like these these things are actually because they move around. So they're teaching you to jump kick like you have to get to these guys quicker you can't walk over to them mm-hmm. um so that's going to be your your move for taking these things out and that jump kick
2: like is one of the most pleasing mechanics in any game i think yeah. like uh it was used to great effect in uh Saints row four uh but even here uh like in this that you're going to jump up and then at the height of your attack you're going to attack you're going to you know at the height of your jump rather you're going to attack and then do just like this 45 degree uh kick like mm-hmm. it's so predictable and so tasty
0: What's really cool about this is that, uh, and the way that this game has kind of more depth than you might expect, is there are three jump kicks. Mm -hmm. Um, There's that jump kick, which is your screen, you know, get across the other side of the screen. Even if you're not attacking, that's the way to get over to the other side of the screen. Um, You can do a, uh, if you jump and then right before you hit the ground hit kick, Mm -hmm. you'll do an almost entirely horizontal uh jump kick yep. over to the right that does uh you know good damage and is, is a nice weapon. And then you have a thing where you jump up in the air and then kinda of slow your fall mm-hmm. and just attack over and over and kind of like do like if you're uh pounding on the uh the raccoon tail mm-hmm. in Mario Ooh <laughs> didn't know about that <laughs> You're pounding raccoon tail. um uh. uh, yeah, I know it's that um but if you're doing that in Mario three, it's the same kind of thing except with a, a yeah. Nunchaku. Um So you have these different kinds of things for different situations. Yeah. And uh, mastering them is not required. There's one technique that they, like advanced technique that you have to master to progress in the game. But having this toolbox is really good. Mm -hmm. And this is a good time to talk about the other like really OP thing, which is, uh, so when you grab somebody, um, you can either hit them and stun them and then walk into them and you'll grab them. Or you can dash into them and uh, shoulder check them and grab them. Um, And then you have two options. Um, If you hold, uh, I think it's towards them. Um, you do uh, something like this ground slam thing where you grab one of them and slam them on either side of you. Mm-hmm. And that can take out a, other enemies. That's cool. Like, it's an instant kill for any, any other enemies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's wonderful. Like, it clears the screen. If you can master this, you can get through this game. Like, that's how people are doing their one quarter mm-hmm. game on this, I'm sure. Yep. If you hold away, though, you, which is much more fun, mm-hmm. you toss the enemy at the camera. Yeah, that blew my goddamn mind. Like, a, <laughs> like <laughs> is he just like getting right up against the screen? Can I hear him thunk against it? Like, what's going on? Like, it's so cool. Uh-huh. Like, God, is that cool? Um, and then the way they like actually tie that into the boss fight, I really fucking love. And mm-hmm. it's it's really similar to the Battletoads stage oh, one it's boss, exactly um, like that. <laughs> yeah, except it just it's it looks cooler, and it's actually like a technique you have to master. It's not just in Battletoads, like whenever you throw one of those balls, it's gonna hit the the stupid robot. Right here, it's like you actually have to get good at something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of tricky. You know? It especially is, especially for a kid.
2: It's 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 very tricky. I had trouble with it because it's not as precise as I would like it to be. I wonder if that's like an
0: emulation thing. It just hmm. felt kind of mushy
2: for me, mushier than I would like it to be.
0: The uh, for me the uh, the part that made it tricky for me was I was using an Xbox controller and it has a shitty D pad, hmm. so dashing was not as precise as I wanted it to be. I imagine like I. Didn't have any problems with it with a SNES pad, yeah? So I think it might be D pad related. Mm. I was using a, a PlayStation controller, even then, cool. like that still is the better D pad, but it's not yeah. I mean, Nintendo D pads <laughs> come up. Um, so that I mean, that seems like it still might be easier, but for me, it's just it was not being able to dash consistently, yeah. Um, not that you need to, like if you can hit them, but they're they end up the shield enemies, you actually have to dash, yeah. Oh, and also in
2: order to enable that, uh, dashing is automatic um uh by default go in there and uh, change it to manual and that way yes. it'll behave like other brawlers where you double tap and then do a dash yeah. as opposed uh, to
0: having to get like a like a long run up to it yeah that's what the automatic is is, is you run into it and that's not that's no good nope. um <laughs> so at the end of this uh the stage you end up fighting uh metalhead yes. or m head who is a robot turtle who is another design i've always liked yep i love and, the uh, the coloration on this guy
2: yeah. So um th- th- this world does not need any more thirty-something white guys talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I apologize that we're gushing over it, but this this was one of my favorite toys
0: when I was I, little. Was Metalhead. Man, I we just haven't had enough chance to do this, so it's going to happen. Like yep. I don't. <laughs> um, that, that's that's like fifty percent of the reason why I want this game to win. <laughs> oh, for like, sure. No,
2: I'm I'm not saying like ah let's 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 tamp it down. I'm apologizing if anybody's oh, like yeah. oh this stuff again
0: like. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this ha- I'm I haven't heard a lot of it, but I'm sure it happens. Yeah, you've you've seen uh, I've told you about it. I have my shirt. That's like the Ninja Turtles logo, but it actually says uh, I am actually in my 30s. You told me about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite shirts. Uh, um,
2: it's, it's That turns into a, into a really good uh, uh, gag in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season two. Mm. where she's trying to guess like what they should what they should theme the birthday party on she's like oh furbies no that's not a thing pokemon that's not a thing um even though it is but in the
0: script there Mm. like teenage mutant trolls oh yeah that'll be great like really that's still around (laughs) (laughs) yep It's true that they last. They're they're fucking immortal, man. Like, there hasn't been a time where there wasn't a Turtles cartoon on it, feels like. (laughs) Like, it sometimes got chased to the recesses of, like, Disney afternoons on, Mm -hmm. like, the Disney Channel. But there's always been a Turtles cartoon.
2: Yeah, and the Turtles radio broadcast was a real comfort to Britain during the Blitz.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah yeah it is uh yeah it's a uh, that's a it's a uh, there are pictures on cave walls of turtles like, they're <laughs> elemental for some reason the idea of turtles who fight like ninjas and and walk like a person and talk like a surfboarder are like hardwired into our dna yeah it's part of the monomyth yep <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it came down on the meteors that seeded life onto this planet. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have, I have no idea why this is such a resonant idea, but like I am so dumbly on board. I haven't watched any of the new ones because yeah. they look really ugly. But yeah, I I will. I've sat down and watched the cartoon, including the. Uh, so I mean, Metalhead he acts like a big roadkill Rodney. Yeah, um, he's not that complicated. But we move into the next thing, which I love because it is like time-stamped to a specific cartoon episode. Mm-hmm. Um, sewer surfing, sewer Surfin'. <laughs> This is the... Uh, there's an episode of the cartoon that came with Pizza Hut. Like, you could get a Pizza Hut thing, and it will give you a VHS of this, uh, where you, I just imagine some Pizza Hut exact being like, oh, yeah, it's about pizza. But it's about the, the sausage on your, your pizza actually being alien eggs and giving birth <laughs> to Xenomorphs. And that's, yep. like, the, the premise of the episode. But everyone I knew had this from Pizza Hut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Pizza Hut gave them this thing that was like, hey, our sausage ain't sausage. And <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, Pizza Hut, the official... Why did I say
2: Pizza Hut? Like it, like like it was a sample. Like, like a like a digital <laughs> Pizza sample. Hut. Pizza Hut. Um, no, <laughs> like Pizza Hut, the official pizza sponsor since the first movie of Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. And pizza, the, the official
0: pizza place to eat eggs against your will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Our standards are so low that we just put it, we put it straight into the sewers. Yes. <laughs> pizza yep. Hut. Do you want some butter bread?
0: Here it is. Yep. <laughs> mm. mm. and now we have butter crust. Ugh. Um. Anyway, so this is an auto scroller. Yeah. And uh, this,
2: uh, this isn't as mode 70, but it definitely feels like it feels very SNES to me. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, It it even says it's a bonus stage mm -hmm. when you go into it, because it it kind of is. You're going to get a bunch of pizza that uh, that refills your health. So you're unlikely to die in this level. You're just racking up points um, because you get extra lives every 200 enemies you kill. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of enemies here.
2: Yeah. And most of them go down pretty quickly. Like these, xenomorphs are not that uh, that
0: hard to take down. No, they just jump out of the water. Um, yeah. But these bonus stages have a boss fight, uh, including this one, where you fight the Rat King, um, who is another boss fight, another character I really like in this stupid show. <laughs> um, I, I more or less like everything that this does, so just uh, I'll stop saying it. But like yeah. every one of these characters I have affection for, I had every one. Like, right, there was a time in which I had a complete Ninja Turtles action figure collection, and then they outpaced me. Ah. So there's a time where I had all of them.
2: Yeah um uh, i think that i stopped uh i stopped collecting them or stopped getting them around around the time they started uh like making them like here's a samurai turtle
0: yeah it was like that's kind of, of shady. yeah the uh, the Donatello one in that section was a detective and uh he was really cool he had a trench coat mm. and a briefcase full of spy stuff that's pretty cool it was pretty great yeah um yeah so rat king Mm Mm-hmm. Red King. uh, So he, uh, like, this plays into the auto-scrolling
2: nature of it. Like, he has his gigantic sewer machine.
0: Mm. Um,
2: And uh, he says, first the sewers, then the world. Um, and, uh, shooting torpedoes and stuff at you and all throughout this level, you've been trying to, uh, trying to dodge like some of these spike balls and stuff. This is where they're coming from. Like Racking is, you know, moving backwards and firing them at you. Yeah. Um, and here, like, this is just about like lining up for attack in such a way that you kind of split the uprights on his torpedoes and spike balls and stuff.
0: Yeah. He switches back their phases. Yeah. So he has, um, his torpedoes that you want to get between them and hit them. And then he, uh, switches to dropping, uh, mines and then uh, the spike balls, and then you just want to get out of the way. Yep. Um, so after you beat him, we get to the Technodrome. We get a cool little cutscene yeah. um, of them approaching the Technodrome. And you're like, what is this, the end of the game? Amari at the Technodrome? What the <laughs> hell? Um, I haven't traveled in time. I guess every turtle is a turtle inside time. Yeah, um, No turtles have become unstuck in time, <laughs> as far as I know. Like Billy Terrapin, like it is. it, it just has not happened. So the... Uh, you know, at this point, I'm like, what the fuck? Give me, give me some time traveling turtles, and then, then we're just looking to get there. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Um, yes, yeah, so you go through the turtle, uh, Technodrome. This is a Techno-level um, cool metal backgrounds and, and neon lights, and uh, this is where Mausers pop up. Yes. And uh, these guys are just a nuisance. They grab onto your hand and, and kind of paralyze you. It does a little bit of damage, but mostly you can't move while you're shaking them off. Yeah, it just opens you up for attacks.
2: Yes. Um, and you have these, uh, these foot soldiers emerging from the ground like Terminators, too. Yes. So it's less like, okay, the threats are going to come in from the edge of the screen. Like if you are doing the right thing and managing where you are in, in relation to everybody else, this kind of throws a th- throws a wrench into the blocking. Yes. Um, and speaking of blocking, these fucking Tampa foot soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> I hate them. Like if I was playing with uh, you know with another person or a bunch of other people, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But they just they are uh, like grit in your shoe. You just well, can't they... get rid of
0: them. If you're playing with another person, the other person would go around behind and take them out, but you wouldn't learn how to toss. Right. So these are here to teach you how to grapple um, before the boss fight where it's necessary. Um, So it it doesn't do... The game doesn't do very much to explain this. This is in the days of manuals. So, like, (laughs) you would have had to read the manual to learn how to do that. But this is the game explicitly saying, oh, yeah, by this point, the player really needs to know how to do this. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they have a little little shield that they block. You can't hurt them. Um, You have to... uh, you know uh, uh dash into them right and and throw them take them out yep. but they are annoying and it's annoying when they mix them up with anything else yeah um because they are just going to be there and kind of like in your periphery while you're fighting things that are more offensively dangerous mm-hmm. um and higher priority but these things are kind of always there and they'll they'll kind of snipe at you for, at your heels
2: yeah they'll snap at you or kind of like herd you or corral you into a place where
0: other stuff can uh, can, can attack you easier yeah it feels like yeah, yeah. um there's two bosses this level you get to the the end of the first section and we get a Toka and Razor from uh, Turtles 2, um, which is what happens if you give ooze to a, a dog or a, a snapping turtle. Right. But it's one of, like, two snapping turtles because <laughs> we get to another snapping turtle later. Um, yeah. yeah, but this is a, a double boss fight.
2: Yes, and they both have kind of these elementally opposed breath attacks.
0: Yes, uh, which they're know. they're teaching you for for the last boss fight of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, this is teaching you what fire and ice does in this game Right. Uh, to prep you for Shredder at the end. Mm-hmm um yeah. yeah
2: um so this is also a boss fight uh that has an environmental hazard too because there's a laser door off to the side that will do damage to you so yes. you have to you know like they're going to try and like push you into it or i found myself like accidentally being knocked into it and i just definitely mm-hmm. i took more damage from that than than them in this fight
0: i i it is uh i didn't really have that experience but i can see what the, what you're talking about yeah um you mm-hmm. want to try to stay on the left side of the screen yeah if you can during here <laughs> um they kind of the thing that uh, double boss fights do in this game where they kind of, um, kind of take turns, mm-hmm. you know, like they'll they'll kind of tag each other in. Like one of them will be less aggressive when the other one is more aggressive, which feels like a kindness. Yeah. Um, but you take them out, you know, you learn their, their real basic patterns. They turn into really cute little animals when you beat them. The puppy that Razor turns into is very adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, a little turtle on his back, which you then leave. <laughs> uh, which, why are you doing that? <laughs> Michelangelo, why are you leaving Leaving token on his back.
2: You have to assume they still have all of their knowledge from when they were humans, so and now they are trapped in this ineffectual body.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> just, unable yeah.
2: to communicate.
0: Yeah, and you know this replicant leaving them. <laughs>
2: um,
0: no good. Um, so then we do our elevator stage. Yes, uh, which is a, a beat up staple.
2: Mm-hmm. yep and this isn't too bad like it's a uh, uh, a little bit more difficult especially because you have like less room to room to maneuver and uh, mm-hmm. again people are coming from every side and you're just kind of like going up the difficulty scale um for these like regular little encounters here but uh yep. nothing too bad yep until you get to the end
0: where you get your boss encounter with shredder yes and shredder says uh tonight i dine on turtle soup which, which he, is, he only has one line that's all he ever says he says it in everything like every <laughs> piece of media uh shredder says that like isn't it amazing t- to think that, like I wasn't, you know, I was never really scared of cartoons, but there was a time in which I took the Shredder seriously. Mm-hmm. Like he's so bad, <laughs> he's <laughs> yep. such an ineffectual, shitty villain. No, I thought you meant, meant bad like evil. Like, oh, he's so you know. bad. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not bad like Power Glove bad. Like he's bad. Like he's a really terrible villain. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, that's why Krang is so good. Yeah, because um, <laughs> Krang is alien and weird. Uh, Shredder <laughs> is just like angry and and has an uncomfortable. Like, how does Shredder sit down? <laughs> like there's literally just knives on every part of his body like i picture him being suspended in some kind of sex swing <laughs> or like a gel <laughs> like a standard
2: shredder gel yeah i know so it's a standard yeah. shredder gel he just uh he's, he's got a back to tank on loan from lucasfilm <laughs>
0: <laughs> um you know so this uh this fight he gets into a gigantic mech and uh our perspective is actually his perspective mm-hmm. so we're seeing the the boss fight from the the boss's perspective that's cool and uh you have to actually throw the uh the enemies into him. Yes. to to beat him.
2: And they throw plenty of enemies at you, and the real challenge is just kind of like freeing yourself up to get to get a good throw,
0: essentially. Yes. Um super, super cool, really, really creative. Um again, I'd played that Battletoads thing, and the Battletoads thing does a lot of the same tricks, but again, you're just picking up things and throwing them. Yeah. And this um, is something that was not in the arcade version. This is yes. this
2: this is strictly for the SNES.
0: Um so after you you beat him he throws a temper tantrum and uh sends you into a dimension from which you'll never return. Yeah. Now uh,
2: we'll never get us turtle stoop. There are no more yeah, turtles. He sent the yeah. last
0: turtles back in time. Watch out, Toka. Um so he yeah. is going to uh we get this cool little like twilight Zony, like the turtle spinning <laughs> on this uh, spiral. And there and there's nothing to explain why the turtles keep jumping around in time. <laughs> right. It's just like just go with it because like yeah. if the idea of the ninja turtles going back in time and fighting prehistoric shit isn't like doesn't jazz you up then this game is not for you and this podcast is not for you i'm so, sorry please yeah.
2: leave sir See no don't dwarf. leave
0: it's like i i was so i man the degree of which i was on board with the ninja trolls traveling through time and fighting different threats in different time mm-hmm. because this was like prime bill and ted uh you know territory and i loved Na- bill and Ted. 1989 like, um yeah <laughs> okay yeah. Um, like, well, I just mean, I was like way into when I played this came out after that. But when I played this, I was really into Bill and Ted as well. Oh, yeah. As like a little 11 year old or 12 year old. Um, and it was just uh, that kind of idea of this kind of cartoon treatment of time travel with no consequences. Yep. Well, I was like way into it. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I mean, like this, this could have they could have given this like the uh, the home improvement kind of thing where they're trapped on a on a studio lot or something yeah. like that. It's the same effect. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad they
0: went all the way. Oh, definitely. Um, because just of uh... the. The terrifying repercussions <laughs> that come with with you know Michelangelo stepping on so many bugs, <laughs> killing. <laughs> I wish I wish he didn't kill that fish. <laughs>
2: Damn it! You, ah, <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, yeah. And also, how ballsy is it to name your game Turtles in Time, and then to put it uh, to put the actual time travel um, just before the halfway point? Yeah, we talked yeah, about that like, at the beginning that this starts out as a regular Turtles game, but
0: like, how many people are going to get to that? It's really good. Well, I mean, in the hopefully because it's a really good game. So hopefully a lot of people. Yeah, but it, it is. Uh, it's really cool. Like, I think this is a really cool idea that you have this sense of normalcy and then everything goes crazy. Yeah. Um, so we're back so, in uh, cave turtle times. Yes. Back when there were cave turtles. Uh, <laughs> prehistoric turtle <Turtlesaurus. laughs> And uh, he's also sent back all of his army. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of his flunkies. And a training uh, book well. on how to ride a dinosaur. Yes. And how to tame a dinosaur. <laughs> uh so the, uh, there are uh, petrodons now that drop foot soldiers on you, and there are raptor uh, Raptor charges yeah. that fly by as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those raptors just mean like, hey, here's some mandatory damage yeah <laughs> or like, I mean it's kind of I mean yeah or you can reflex test like you can jump yeah, yeah. if you see them coming and they'll, t- they'll actually hit foot soldiers as well. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're kind of a, a general hazard yeah. um, where there are more of these tanfa soldiers that have little shields, and then there are these yellow bomb soldiers that kind of come in from off camera, throw a bomb and get out yeah Um, and those are also a tool as well because the bombs will hurt your enemies yeah
2: so (laughs) it feels like the game saying like all right you've been here for long enough we're gonna help this along yeah yeah. Um, um this introduces uh the stone warriors. I have the them in the rock, notes rock as warriors. rock warriors. There we go. Stone protectors. It introduces the yes. stone protectors. <laughs> <No>. Um <laughs> and uh these guys uh they're kind of like portable raptor charges. They lower their heads and charge and they really expose themselves or show up when you're in the cave
0: here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh these guys uh fit into the turtles mythology in a weird way. They work for Krang somehow. <laughs> Um I remember one of the one of the action figures had elbow articulation and I, it was great. <laughs> but that's that's mostly what I remember about these guys. Yeah. Um General Tragg, I think is the name of one of the guys. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> um but the um you uh you fight these guys, they're really hardy too. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of hits before going down. Yeah. And later they introduced these guys where they have uh, and they have like super armor. Like if they're charging at you, you can't stagger them. So uh these these guys are kind of tricky. These are the the bulky kind of Hulk monsters yeah. that you fight. Mm-hmm um yeah so you get through the uh the cave you get this uh big view of shredder mountain (laughs) which you know just shredder has gone back in time i guess and
2: built the bond layer oh it's great i I love love the 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 megalomania of shredder because it's so stupid everyone's just playing along like (laughs) Um, yeah um and uh with that as the backdrop you fight slash um that's- who i don't remember from any of the cartoons but i like his design um I, it's weird that i like his design because he's basically like what if we crossed
0: a turtle with venom yeah yeah <laughs> he's the, he's the edgy version of the turtle like somebody some turtles exactly like, got bit by a turtle and it was like <laughs> oh man these things aren't all sunshine and fucking size like some of these things are nasty and it was like what if a real like a real bad boy got mutage and ooze like what if we yeah. got the baddest turtle on the block that's slash yeah baby <laughs> It, like, is like uh, is he an actual character like does he yeah. factor in okay i don't know if he appears in the cartoon he was an action figure mm. um so he's in the extended universe at the very ah. least he was in the, uh, the the comics or the novels with, along with <laughs> luke <laughs> <laughs> big luke yes. Yeah. luke versus slash <laughs> yeah
2: um <laughs> he's got this rough hewn sword and he kind of does these uh these spinning charge attacks like sonic
0: yeah yeah, and that's really the trick to him is the you know to avoid him when he's doing that if you can.
2: Yeah, and, and the, see the, if
0: you can't get behind him, there's enough of a wind up for those two, and like it's very predictable. He like uh, it's it's kind of up and out. It's like a diagonal up attack. Yeah, yeah. He also blocks when he's you can't hit him from you know facing. He'll block with his sword. Yeah, so you have to hit him from behind as well, mm-hmm. or when he just gets out of a uh, a rolling attack, he's vulnerable. Yeah, if you just walk up to him, to him and try to attack him, he'll block. Super mobile. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So a little you know probably the toughest boss we have fought so far um and then you move on to after you hit him you get another little like madman opening uh <laughs> scene uh, when we get into uh scene six uh skull and crossbones yeah um that's which not, is that's uh, not the people who
2: shoved a candle up george
0: bush senior's ass oh okay yes i got i got gotcha <laughs> okay. that took me a second to get to get to get, get there with you thanks yeah yeah uh but no this is the uh the pirate level <laughs> um i'm gonna say this level and the next level kind of duds it feels yeah, like they're the... out of ideas there's not a lot to it um i like the bosses okay so like the bosses do it for me yeah um but as far as actual uh they've run out of uh, uh foot soldiers right to send it to you so it's just new configurations or <laughs> old configurations even yeah. it's turned into Taco Bell. yeah yeah
2: exactly yeah. so this is a this is a pirate ship it's uh it's it's mostly like just a straight shot you're going past mass and bows and jibs mm-hmm. um yeah yeah uh, but, uh, kind of the hazard here is that you have these loose planks, uh, that, uh, if you step on any of the X's, it'll pop up and hit you and you sideshow Bob it. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: And, uh, there are these gigantic cannonballs that fall in from the background, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to sink the ship ground for some reason. And, uh,
2: <laughs> and, uh, uh, they generally land where you were when it fired. Yes. Although it does, uh, it does anticipate your, uh, your, your movement a little bit,
0: a little bit, but there's not tons of tracking, Right. um,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, so this introduces the, the the foot soldiers with bows and arrows. They serve a similar mm-hmm. function to the to the guys with the bombs, except I noticed like it took out fewer other foot soldiers with yeah. these. Um and the glaive foot soldiers, the ones who have the, the spiky frisbees that they throw. Yes. Um I'm not so bothered by the their attack itself, like yeah, it's ranged and that kind of sucks and it's pretty powerful and it generally knocks you over or, or or staggers you. But like as they are moving to get into position, you can't hit them. Like they, they, they straight up just like, we'll do, they'll move faster than anything else in the game does. And like, we'll do like S's around your attacks to get into position. So you can only ever hit them uh briefly before they throw during their throw or after their throw while they're moving. They're, they're invincible essentially.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah
2: it just, you- it just feels very poorly balanced. Like these guys, these guys are like an extension of the, of the uh, Tonfa guys.
0: It's a. I'm getting the sense that I'm not saying this. This is not a gamer cred thing. I think this is just the fact that this was my first Super Nintendo game, so I played mm-hmm. it like a billion times. Um, I didn't have a hard time with any part of this game. Yeah. Oh. Um. And I, again, I'm not. That would, What a weird gamer brag that would be <laughs> like I mean, bam brother yeah <laughs> it's, well i mean it's like press NES is you know it's it's, it's frustrating
2: jam. but like did any part of that description that i just gave to you sound like a good piece of design
0: no not at all <laughs> okay it just it's just i just was like oh i have to hit these guys after they attack yeah yeah like it didn't it didn't i mean it didn't seem egregious to me it yeah. didn't seem like a particularly interesting idea but the idea of an enemy having just like a, a window when you can attack them doesn't mm-hmm. sound bad to me I no. think that what sounds bad about what you described is the way that the game is breaking its own physics and rules to make that happen. Yeah, that's the upsetting like, part to me. If they would have just had, like, a force field that went down when they attacked mm-hmm. or something, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. Like, an enemy with one one window when you can attack is standard yeah. for video games. Exactly. You know?
2: But yeah. the way it's presented here, it is the kid on the playground who goes, nah, I dodged.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's annoying. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel egregious, but it feels annoying to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah
2: um and then you get the uh, uh towards the end here towards the poop deck you have some of the uh, some of the stone
0: warriors the
2: the stone protectors uh, yeah.
0: uh with machine guns
2: uh, yes are... which is
0: obnoxious because they don't really stagger right or they i mean they they in the one you're hitting will stagger but you can't like kind of juggle them mm-hmm. um and up until this point people with uh range weapons for the most part other than those glaive foot soldiers are kind of one-offs right it's rare that you're just kind of fighting uh, and there's a couple guys who throw ninja stars but for the most part you don't spend a lot of time Fighting one guy in melee while another guy is behind you with a ranged weapon. Yeah, and those those ones with the uh, with the ninja
2: stars, you can deflect those
0: stars. Yeah, yeah. So you essentially want to get these guys on one side if you can attack all of these guys at once. Yeah, um, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they are guarding Pirate Bebop and Rocksteady. I love the way these guys are just playing along. <laughs> yeah. Like this this uh, this boss fight wasn't in the uh, the arcade version. It was something called Concrete Man, I want to say. I don't know what Concrete Man is. Oh, no, uh, I came here from Mega Man. Where am yes. I? This is a different company. What's going on? Whoa. Um, but these, uh, they dressed up and learned new skills. Uh, Bebop <laughs> has a whip, and Rocksteady has uh, he's a fencer now. Yeah, two incredibly difficult skills. Yeah, but like the, the, these guys uh, use finesse weapons, as you might expect, <laughs> from the, the kind of classic cultured uh, fighting style of Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But um uh yes, you so you
2: cannot jump to Rocksteady. Um hmm.
0: he's he's he as the old saying goes.
2: Yes, you cannot jump to Rocksteady. Yeah. Um but uh, because he's got the uh the rapier pointed straight up. Um and that kind of takes away one of my main attacks here. Um but mm-hmm. uh you really just kinda have to wait until they expose themselves because if they are attacking at once, um R- Bebop's whip will wrap up around Rocksteady's rapier. Mm-hmm and uh that gives
0: you a big opening to attack so you just kind of have to let them fuck it up for themselves yeah and they don't uh they t- they literally take turns fighting until they both come in yeah so when one of them is fighting you know you learn it his patterns you can you know get behind him with uh with rock Setty. and then with bebop you can jump attack to, to close that distance um and then when they both come out you just want to wait for them to eventually tangle themselves up right and then that's safe to attack you don't want to attack them both when they're both kind of free no um yeah, but then you uh, you take out these guys, and uh, we get to scene seven, bury my shell at Wounded Knee. You know, a, uh, a lighthearted reference to a horrible black eye in our nation's history. Well, also, uh, how weird is it that when your guys die, they go, shell-shocked, as if that <laughs> isn't PTSD? <laughs> <laughs> you can't compare what you just went through, Leonardo, to what our brave fighting men went through. <laughs> I mean, they did die, and they came back,
2: presumably having seen the great beyond.
0: You're like a flatliner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh fantastic what if, what, if, what if kevin bacon woke up and went, ah,
1: shell shock
0: <laughs> <laughs> first scene in flatliners when he comes back
2: <laughs> thank you i was not expecting to hear flatliners today
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but um this is the wild west slash train stage Yes. I um, mean, you'll yeah. notice, uh, the, like, all the windows have foot soldier insignias on them.
0: Yeah, he's done a lot of branding. <laughs> um, there's also, uh, some of the foot soldiers have little ponchos mm. and yeah, little like hats, that.
2: which a I little, like. Like little serapes. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're in the background. I was
0: like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just a peasant peasant. Nope. So, nope, I'm actually a foot soldier. Ah, I'm dead. The, uh, yeah, these guys. Um, yeah, so the, uh, we introduced these ones with this chain scythe. They have, like, a, a little... Hook, spiky blade thing on the end of a chain there's a name uh, for this
2: weapon like i've seen it in any number of players handbooks i just can't remember it
0: yeah i also don't remember what this thing is called yeah um those things are a pain in the dick um also barrels will kind of roll uh yeah. through and and land and you can there are a couple barrels you can knock over mm-hmm. as well yeah. um but for the most part uh they come towards you, and, you know, yeah it's another kind of reflex jump test yeah uh,
2: like the, the nice part is those are shorter than the raptors yes so so, yeah. you can, they're, they're a little bit
0: easier to time those jumps over. Yeah. And that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too much else. I mean, it's, it's kind of just a set piece, mm-hmm. you know, like you're on a train, but uh, it's a short stage and there's not much to it. Yep. Um, then you fight a Leatherhead or L Head, <laughs> who is the Cajun uh, alligator mutant. <laughs> and this was a great toy. Did you have this guy?
2: No, no, I didn't. I love that. Again, just we're, we're going to say it over and over again. I love his design.
0: Yeah, he's he's really cool. Um, and the toy was really awesome because he was uh, like a horizontal toy, like he was bent over. Hmm. Um, you know, all of, like he was like crawling around like an alligator. <laughs> um, and he, he had an articulate jaw, which was really great. You could make him, uh, you know, put turtles heads in there and shit. Was there a, was there yeah. a button that you pressed or did you have to move the jaw? No, you just opened it. Okay, yeah, there's no button. Um, but yeah, this this is like the uh, the Bayou like Cajun chef. Uh, alligator guy it's after gambit gets further mutated <laughs> yes this is what happens if gambit makes out with like gets caught fucking a crocodile <laughs> and gets some ooze spilled on his thing, finger
2: <laughs> Mon chéri, that's what he calls <laughs> his dick
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I, <love>
2: <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that show to, to, to start out yeah
0: yeah it is uh meet you <laughs> um
2: but um but yeah
0: this is uh this is a pretty cool fight yeah yeah it's, i mean it's good he uh he's like a boxer too like yeah, he, yeah. he he boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of switches back and forth between, uh, you know, boxing mode where he throws uh, knives and lobsters. And like Boy, throwing lobsters. That's good. <laughs> yeah. First of all, like lob is right there in the word. <laughs> yeah. So like anything you throw could be a lobster. Yeah. Like the, the, you know, this. Uh, oh, you know, he tosses ball. He's a real lobster.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. um, is there is there an fiction reason why he's
0: throwing lobsters? Uh, just because he's Cajun. Oh. And craw- crawdads. Yeah. Yeah. Down at the bayou. You gotta keep them separated uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah um you mean i mean you mean you and then he does this like he gets down on his on his uh hands and knees and does this uh super fast crawling dash yeah thing you mm-hmm. have to avoid yeah this is a good fight i like yeah. this yep um pretty pretty uh you know pretty fair patterns mm-hmm. um after you beat him we go into the future so we, we immediately go from like you know the wild west to, to the far future with neon yep. light riders yeah neon night riders sorry oh yeah I, I, oh, no. neon neon night riders well there are a lot of neon lights so oh, it's an easy mistake to make <laughs> um and this is another bonus stage like auto scroller mm-hmm. uh that is uh like an f-zero level exactly
2: uh yeah. this is this is mode seven to the nines or to the sevens depending yes. um and yep. so you're on this hoverboard again and you are instead of you know progressing from left to right you are kind of going on the z-axis into this um and it looks like you have to jump because there are gaps but i guess they
0: didn't code that in <laughs> yeah you don't yeah it will uh, your hoverboard will hover over the gaps right um and this is uh, very similar to sewer surfing you're just uh killing enemies and uh getting bonus points mm-hmm. you're on your way to the boss um there are helicopter uh foot soldiers that you have to jump to a hit um and then there are also these areas where two soldiers it's kind of like whack-a-mole is mm-hmm. what it reminded me of because uh they pop up like from behind you um and you just have to hit them before they can get you. But they'll put in two or three of them, yeah. and you have to hit them really fast before they can give them their attack.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and
2: you have these question mark bubbles that you can get, but uh, those are again you have to split the uprights in order to get those. You have these yes. weird little electric bots that will uh, that will fly straight toward you. Yes,
0: yep. and when you get to the end of this. There's a boss fight. Uh, this is Super Krang. Yeah. So it is Krang's body, but with like little wings on his hips. Um, <laughs> again, as awkward as possible, cutting the least flattering silhouette. He is, uh, yeah, just like, what if Gary was naked and had a brain inside his stomach? <laughs> like, that's what Krang's body looks like. <laughs> um, oh,
2: man. Um, and his big thing is that he's like a bomber. So yeah. he will occasionally leave the field of play in order to fly over and drop bombs. But those patterns are super easy to recognize, like, when he's going to yeah. drop them. And they, they don't explode immediately. So you're just going to have to move to safety until you can uh, get up close to him. But, like, he leaves himself open for an, in, an inordinately long time. Like, a,
0: yeah. It's, it's an easy fight that is meant to set up the next fight with him. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he's going to come back for revenge. Mm-hmm. In Scene 9,
2: Starbase, where no turtle has gone before.
0: Yes, yeah. So we're in the far, far future here. Uh, There's <laughs> a Starbase that has uh, all the, the things. There are these uh, mobile turrets, and there are these little spider mines that move around on the ground that you have to, you know, hit right away. You have to jump kick into, it feels like, mm-hmm. to actually get them. And foot soldiers are going to literally warp in. Like, they're, like, teleport in, like, a Star Trek.
2: Yeah. Uh, this actually, like, this stage just feels like the uh, the Meteor X stage from um, X-Men a little bit, like, even down to the look.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, and, and I would not be surprised if there is not, you know, some shared assets there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but the boss here is
2: Krang, and he's in this flying saucer. And his whole thing is he's like a zombies at my neighbor's guy. He uh, shoots with this bubble gun that will lock you up and take away a significant portion of your health, while also leaving you open for other attacks.
0: Yeah, and he teleports in uh, those roadkill Rodneys mm-hmm. or like some other bot. But he teleports in bots. Yeah, uh, they have to fight. They deal with while you're fighting him, and he is a really mobile boss. He moves in these wide circles, but pretty quickly, and it's hard to find times where you can get off. Shots.
2: Yeah. And you cannot like like get a long combo going on him because like halfway through he'll teleport away.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um so you, you defeat Krang, break my heart, and then uh <laughs> there's a teleport teleportation hole to go back to your current time. Yes. So that, that hole's our way home. It was made for me. Let's yes. go
2: you image after after we uh we talked about uh uzamaki on bonfire side chat somebody shared an image of uh um, oh gosh uh instead of dur 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 it was ddr ddr and it was the craziest stretch out of people playing dance dance revolution that's saying ddr yeah
0: that's that's uh that's pretty good
2: put that in the uh put that in the show notes please
0: oh okay well thanks i will okay thanks fine all right I'll, thanks let's, let's, really I'll appreciate it early for show. Sure. Yeah. where where am I going to find that? So you said somebody shared it with me. Like you just told me to put it in the the show notes and, and you just, you're just putting a lot of google work on me, Cole.
2: <laughs> fine, just make a note for it and I'll put it in later. It's okay. fine.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll I mean I'll I'll google this whole was made for me DDR. Yeah, and, and you'll if, find where, it. Oh, it's oh, there. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um <laughs> the uh, Technodrome we're back in 1992. Yes. Um, and this is just a boss fight yes um and it's really easy yeah this is uh yeah it's it's super shredder um who is i don't know how he became super shredder now
2: um, you know, um did he did he have like a vial of mutagenic ooze he's like oh no they're coming back he's watching he's watching our progress he destroyed my mountain uh so <laughs> we're going to uh i need to stop him and that's how he became super shredder in the, the second movie
0: yeah well i mean yeah. that would make sense they don't they don't show it i was thinking it might have to do with time travel like maybe it would be like he I was hoping the the best boss fight for this would have been like if he had things from different time periods,
2: oh shit. yeah, so it's
0: like it made sense for him to go back in time and remake the world in his image. <laughs> but instead, he's just a elemental like he's just the boss of of Bioshock for some reason, <laughs> and it's it's as lame as it is there because he has three different elemental things he does. um he has a green uh thing that shoots you that is really easy to dodge but really high stakes, yes, because um, it takes away a life and turns you back into a tiny turtle, yep. Um, he has a flame that jets along the ground that you should more or less stay away from. Even mm-hmm. if you're coming from behind him, yeah. um, it's hard to, you know, it has a kind of a wider hitbox than you think. Yeah. But then he has this diagonal up attack, this blue attack that he does every once in a while that freezes you, mm-hmm. that he doesn't, like, there doesn't feel like there's, like, I almost never jumped. But he still did this blue attack attacking the sky all the time, and that mm-hmm. was just my signal to get behind him and hit him. Yeah. So just wait for him to do the blue attack and hit him and you, you won't even get hit. <laughs> he was just like, he was, he was like genre savvy. He
2: just knew if I, if I attack upward and diagonally, people love to do jump attacks in these games, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm just going to keep swinging my fist. Yeah. And if you walk into him, oh, okay, okay, I, I, I can't be blamed. Yeah, I just won't. So you just, you just wait for him to do the blue attack, get behind him and hit him. Yeah. Um, It's super, super easy. Mm-hmm. uh so it's kind of kind of a disappointing boss fight um but after you beat him um april announces the return of the statue of liberty <laughs> thank god uh, <laughs> our national nightmare is over yeah it's finally. not like there's
2: a second one we can borrow from france
0: and then, and then uh and then splinter said told me to try hard mode
2: yep um <laughs> which okay so in the crowd shot we just have splinter there at the front why isn't that the bigger news
0: story yeah kill it it's <laughs> just in. it's kill a rat, but that. walks like a man yeah kill that patronizing fuck <laughs> <laughs> this, this condescending monster needs to die you know oh so this wasn't good enough for you? a piece of shit get him yeah <laughs> <Ugh>. um. <laughs> but uh
2: yeah the credits play is the turtles party on the uh the, the turtle flyer
0: and then there's a cast roll yep and then that's uh that's turtles in time do we have any wrap-up thoughts on turtles in time uh yeah this
2: uh this for me personally didn't age as well Mm -hmm. Um, just, I kind of got fatigued toward the end just with the, with a little bit of the tapa, tapa, tapa. Like there's a, there, there's enough to it, but like I, I, it suffered a little bit this time for not having somebody else to play with, which it's expected right yeah um but um i just i appreciated like the nuance and like you know especially talking through some of the uh some of the different account encounters specifically the bosses like really does really did kind of like lay bare how intentional some of the design was even if stuff like the tonfa guys or the uh the glaive guys did mm, some stymie me just a little bit
0: yeah i i think that if this game were longer i would have also got sick of it mm-hmm. like i just i you know i just played it played it on the bike and it was like 50 minutes right you know, and that that's a playthrough that's so that's such a short game um, that it didn't it couldn't wear out its welcome for me because it was that short. But if it had been an hour and a half, I probably would have got to the same point if I didn't play it with people. Right. You know, so then that's not the way these are meant to be played. I get that. But this was, you know, I did play it by myself all mm-hmm. the time as a kid. Yeah um something we didn't mention that i i just want to throw in and, and we've there's been evidence of it but the music in this game is really good oh yeah um the turtles in time music is is fantastic mm-hmm. and that that boss the boss theme <laughs> that's really really good oh yeah
2: um, um it's just too bad that we didn't get the uh the pizza power from the coming out of their shells tour um, oh man yeah that's uh that's only in the arcade version
0: i got i have deep catalog with uh coming out of our shells <laughs> the gums yeah Gary, the gums there's there, there's a uh the gums and then there's a there's a song that splinter does so there's two songs that are noteworthy in that and i'll see if i can find them for the show notes um one splinter does like a sad reflective song called skipping stones that's just about like reflecting <laughs> on like an otis it's just, redding song yeah, it does <laughs> well he's he's the otis redding of uh senseis and then the uh <laughs> where he just talks about the like, quiet moments in life and stuff and then shredder does a kind of a, a speak sing rap song called i hate music where he comes out and he goes like, music, I hate music, I hate music, it's the worst, I hate music, and you heard it here first. <laughs> so is that fucking... is that his
2: motivation throughout that entire thing? Yeah,
0: that's the plot of Coming Out of Our Shells. He wants to kill music, he's John he wa- Li- He's John Lithgow from Footloose? Yeah, yeah, He ex- specifically turtle-related music, but yes. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: Oh, going back and re- wiping out the uh the, the the rich musical heritage of turtle americans
0: <laughs> yep bury my shell <laughs> Dude, the um yeah it is uh we did not get the coming out of their shell stuff but like turtle mm. mania is such a a big thing for me that like i don't i mean it's not like like now it's like yeah i, I want to like have i'm not that weirdo and that uh that girl who wears the turtle mask right in that like obsessed show like, I'm not quite like that, but I just, like, this was such a big thing that it's hard for me it's, to be mad at anything Turtle-related.
2: It's kind of funny because, you know, we're, we're, we have an age difference, like, what, like, seven years?
0: Yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah, you, uh, so so that it was a thing for both of us. And it's not like I came to a later version of this, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's kind of bizarre, a little bit, because, like, I got to it probably younger than you did. But, like, I remember reading the first issue of the comic on the bus going to first grade, Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I, I watched the, the 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 animated show, I played all the games, and so like I guess it's not that bizarre because you know it, it was a big thing for people of a wide like kind of swath, but like it is a very effective like cultural touch point for a huge number of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it just it, it for some reason this works on me in a way that other similarly stupid things don't. Like I, I can't handle Power Rangers. I think Power Rangers that, are
2: dumb. That that was very much like like I, I I had a like a like a distinct progression from like Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles to like the Mega Man cartoon, and then I was like stymied in Power Ranger Alley until like uh, Pokemon came along. Like yeah. that like that is the progression of like multimedia empires in Cole's
0: life. Yeah. You know. And I, I just I feel like if even just looking at those four things, and this is totally subjective, but even if I try to be objective, like the worst of those things is the power rangers oh yeah like that is like that is a dark mark on our kid kid's history <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> like, it's just, just like
2: well it's it, it's a it's a live action cartoon that has the lowest production values ever and that is like weirdly still a thing that like continues you yeah. know like i don't want to waste anything for the eventual you know power, mighty Morphin power rangers object suffering but like you know
0: that's still that's still around yeah there's a movie that's coming out <laughs> like that's it, that's true like they they released the cast photos of it and stuff and Rita, Rita repulsa looks like a super shredder oh is it- elizabeth like banks is that, is that yeah. his point okay yeah there we go and she got spikes all over
2: um i laughed incredulously but i heard that casting news too
0: so yeah it is uh yeah so if we end up getting that after suffering for power rangers it's gonna be me telling you that the power rangers are stupid a lot well, well yeah but also i was eight <laughs> no, not, I mean, well, not just you. I mean, anybody listening as well. So it is, because uh, it is, it is a shallow, bad show. I think yeah. they didn't like it because it was about, like, they tried to make it about teens and real problems a little bit. Oh God, you yeah. know, like they had like the high school drama part, and I thought that was
2: yeah, you with, with Bulk and Skull. Yeah,
0: yeah, just get, just get weird. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like the same, the equivalent for the turtles, like the the Power Rangers. You know, uh, had their their real problems. They had Bulk and Skull and stuff. The equivalent of that for turtles was like the neutrinos would come down and they would jet across the universe and go fight rocks on the moon it's like Mm -hmm. it is so wilder and weirder Mm -hmm. and it's because it was it skewed a little younger it wasn't trying to like get into the junior high puberty crowd you know but i I, that kind of weirdness ages so much better for me than like kid drama yeah you know um that's just me yeah i mean Um, it's
2: it's it's less embarrassing just because it doesn't resemble
0: anything or it it doesn't feel like it's trying to impart a message yes i think so I'm sorry. This is a split EP. We're doing two two games this time. Um, the second game we're doing is Dungeons & Dragons Shadow over Mystara. Yes, which was developed and published by Capcom for the arcade in 1996. Yes. Uh, it is a sequel to 1993's Tower of Doom. And it is more or less like a bigger, better version of that. Yes. Um, it kind of obsoletes Tower of Doom. You can still have fun <laughs> playing Tower of Doom, but Tower of Doom is much more like a standard brawler. Yes, uh, This is a insanely uh ambitious yeah caller. like ridiculous and it's
2: miraculous just how much it encapsulates the feeling of D in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't feel anything like D. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like yeah. you know this is an action-packed you know like thrill a minute kind of joy you know joy ride as opposed to like one fight lasting an entire evening
0: at your friend's yes. house yeah. yeah it is it is a fast-paced kind of action version of D in a way that they would do that with single-player kind of um games later yeah. You know, where you would play uh, like uh, there's that, that Dritz game that's based on the Lord of the Rings engine. Oh, oh Dritz only
2: made a like a like a small appearance there. That was uh, Forgotten Realms uh, Demon Stone.
0: That's what I'm thinking of. Demon yeah, Stone. yeah. Yeah. So it's the, good. I game, mean, I have, like that. Yeah. Demonstone's real good. Um, you can man, if anybody hasn't done it, go on GOG and wait for them to do one of those. Like everything that has D&D on the name, mm-hmm. you know, for $20 sales, because that <laughs> is such a good collection of games. Oh, God. Um, the RTS is really the Warcraft three off that's mm-hmm. in the D&D world is really good, too. Yeah. Um, the name is escaping me, but there's a bunch of really good games in there. Yeah. And not to mention like you get Baldur's gate too. <laughs> um, the, uh, so this is when I was playing this with will, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you're talking about this ambition, um, the amount of times that we just looked at each other and we're like, this was an arcade, <laughs> like is, is in double digits. Mm-hmm. Like it is, this is not only so ambitious for a brawler, but I'm going to say it's very ambitious for an arcade game. Yes. Um, it does things that you don't see in arcade games. Never. And, uh, and that's, that's so laudable just mm-hmm. on its own. But it, the fact that it does them pretty well is like super incredible. Definitely. Um, the, uh, so this has a, has a huge, one of the things I like in a beat up is I want the characters to feel different. Um, this, there are six different D and D party members, um, each with a separate level progression, combat competencies and inventory, and they play very differently. Oh yes. Um, so let's let's go through these uh these characters here. Yeah. So you have
2: a cleric, and I'm gonna say their names because names in D and D are hilarious. Uh, yes. Uh, and each of these classes has two kind of variants, so you can have two clerics or two dwarves or uh, et cetera. But your cleric can either be Grelden or Miles. Just, uh, I love that. I love Grelden,
0: which is just like it, it's like it's like an alternate universe Fraser, uh, where like <laughs> Fraser is an orc, and then he still has Miles though. You know? I'll toss your salad and scramble your eggs.
2: You <laughs> said that like tossing salad wasn't a thing.
0: Grell <laughs> <Girl> didn't know, no. <no-no. laughs> Grell did not grasp innuendo. Grell did not see Chris Rock special where he talk about toss salad. <laughs>
2: But um you can name your own characters, but I love these default names. But the cleric, um, they're pretty heavily armored, they have a they have a really good defense, and they attack with a mace, and they have these spells that are used for buffing and healing. Uh the thing that I like about the cleric is that their dash attack, like the uh the quarter circle forward attack, is fucking devastating.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um the cleric is is not a like a weak caster class. No. Like the real only the only real drawback to them is they can't use very many weapons. Right. So there are a couple of like legendary weapons and hidden weapons in this game, which like mm-hmm. It's an arcade it's an game. Arcade game. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they can't use uh, right. because they can't use bladed weapons. Yeah. They also, the cleric, uh, starting with them is useful because it, they're not just palette swaps. Uh, when you choose between Grelden and Miles, uh, they have chosen different spells to memorize in mm-hmm. the D&D, Vancey, and Magic system uh, of this. Yeah. So they actually play very differently. So right. if you're playing a caster, it actually matters which palette you choose.
2: Definitely. Um, And if you look at this, so the cleric is a great cast uh, as a great uh, choice for beginners who are Mm -hmm. not kind of scared off of the complexity of the spell casting system. Like this is an arcade game where you have a button that lets you choose like from like nine different items, some of which are your spells, some of which are of your your items. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, really good beginners class and really great support class. Yeah. Um, and speedruns use this like crazy because he has bless and striking, mm-hmm. um, which are two big buffs that uh, that make you do more damage. Yeah. Um, next up is the dwarf. Um, the dwarf is the tank class. Um, so this is either uh, Dimsdale or Hendel. <laughs> um, it sounds like Tim and Eric names to me. <laughs> um, like something like Richard Dunn would say those two things. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has a lot of HP and uh, special attacks do a lot of damage. Um, and he is short so he gets to be under some projectiles yeah. so he's a little bit slower he's not quite as strong uh or he, he's as strong as the fighter and be, can become stronger mm-hmm. um but he's a little tankier and a little bit slower but he's very yeah. similar to the fighter these are the two classes that have the the least difference right between them
2: yeah uh you just like the, the the dwarf you have to use your special attacks more than your, your regular ones like his combo isn't that great yes Yep. Yeah. Uh the elf, who can be either Lucia or Kayla. Kayla. Yes. I had like 17 Kayla's in my class. <laughs> <laughs> um and this is uh this is kind of the red mage. Uh this is a little bit of like also a red herring too, because like you would think, okay, it's a fighter who can also cast. Great. I'm going to use this to, you know, get the best of everything. But really, like a red mage, it kind of caps out and gets kind of the worst of both. Right, so she has shorter reach and lower health, and gets access to fewer uh, fewer spells, and her level caps out lower. So she can't actually like get the most out of stuff that scales with a level.
0: Yeah, I mean she's still it's still a, a fine class if you know how to use use her. Um, mostly because she's the only uh, spellcaster that gets gains access to haste. Mm. So if there's one thing you should take away from video games and Dungeons and Dragons is that haste is better than fireball. Oh god, yeah. haste, will, haste will always out damage fireball. Haste is the the best third level spell. <laughs> um so the uh she's the only way you can cast haste without using a special item right um which you can never cast haste but you can get an, a potion that allows like one character to have haste she can do that shit to your whole party yeah um so that's the main her main advantage um she also has unlimited arrows so she kind of operates as a range character um but that is something that works better in theory than in practice in this game yeah a little bit like um,
2: you have to really have like like arrows are only good if you have somebody who really knows what they're doing
0: up close Yes, and if you can spare somebody not being a frontline fire fighter and doing that additional damage in order to kind of do support, you know, support stuff with uh with with range, and that doesn't come up that often. Right. Um. Yeah. The fighter, uh, his names are, are Skylar and Marcus, uh, also <laughs> from your your fifth grade class. Um. <laughs> no, it's it's uh Crassus and Jared. You probably had a bunch of Jareds. Yeah. Um. And a uh, sea of so, Jareds as yes. long, far as the eye can see. Um, so he is, he's real strong. He's real versatile. He's kind of the, uh, the Ryu or whatever yeah. in this game. Um, and his big advantage is he can use every weapon in the game, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool because that's only really useful to the degree that you want it to be or that you search for it. Yeah, Like you can go through this whole game without finding any of the special weapons mm-hmm. um, very easily. But if you do want to seek that shit out... Um, this is the guy that can use it
2: yeah like he can do a wield he has like a like a two-handed sword like a bunch of different stuff but like if yeah. you're not doing any of that like fighter is what you want to choose if you want this to be like a regular ass brawler
0: yes and he's kind of uh, if you're just going to play through solo with just yourself and you don't want to deal with spell casting, this is probably your best choice yeah um
2: you have the thief as well uh mariah or shannon yep <laughs> which wait a minute. Shania, Shania Twain, Mariah Carey, huh? Um, no, oh. uh, the uh, so this is the most mobile character. I love the thief. She's yeah. got these double jumps and she's got flips um, and uh, she can pick locks and pick pockets. So you have these, these uh, treasure chests that are around um, that usually you need a key to get into to get the delicious, delicious treasure inside. She can just uh, open a certain number of them and kind of get materials and stuff uh, from different enemy enemies if she does like a,
0: what is it? The dash attack, I think. The, the dash is how you steal. Yes. Uh, from people.
2: Um, Yeah. Uh, but she has almost no defense. Um, yes. And she gets uh, a lot of mileage out of these one-use items. So she very much feels like a
0: D&D-ass uh, thief, right? And and very much in that you can't, like, solo with her. No. The same way it'd be hard to solo <clears> with a thief. So the idea being is you, you put together a well-composed party, which, again, this is an arcade game. <laughs> you have to think about putting together a well-composed party to do well. And you want to have a thief in there so you can get those treasures and those optional items. Yeah. Um, even though the thief herself is not going to do a lot of damage mm-hmm. you know she is there for the, for the margin she's going to kind of harry enemies and the like um yeah. that getting the most mileage out of the one use magic items is really important since she's going to have more of them yes because she, or you're the party is going to have more because she's around mm-hmm. and she can use any magic item yes um
2: yeah Yep. Uh, uh, the, the starting with the thief like so the thief and the magic user which gary's going to talk about now these are classes that are new to, uh, to yes. uh shadow of room star
0: yeah they're not in the tower of doom um, even though the Thief is retconned into the story of Tower of Doom yep. really weirdly at the end. Um, so the magic user, uh, either Syus or DeRaven. De Raven is the most fucking generic, like, <laughs> D&D character, second edition. Yes. I'm Draven. Philip of um, the Raven. Yes. Um, so this is a really nuanced class. Yeah. Um, this is uh, super, super weak. Um, you know, super glass cannony. Uh, very, very few physical moves. Can't uh, Can't combo. Right. like just a does the same attack over and over. Can't do a dash um, attack. Can't do a dash attack. Um, can teleport around though to avoid getting hit, and then has tons and tons of spells. Um, and the spells, uh, the you know the cleric spells are buff spells. The mage spells tend to be kind of clear uh, screen clearing, hits everybody's spells. But there are a few of them that are situational. Yeah. For the most part though, they're kind of smart bombs. Yeah, and uh, you want this guy around. Mm-hmm. You know, you want this guy around. You want to protect him. There's a couple of weird little mechanics for him. Um, if you tap forward and attack, you attack with your dagger instead of your staff, mm-hmm. which has a one in twenty chance of critting that will kill most regular enemies <laughs> and will do a lot of damage to uh, to bosses. Yeah, I love so, that
2: because what one out of twenty? What does that remind you of?
0: Exactly, that's so good. <laughs> um, I also love that the um, this is where that van- the character differences makes a huge, huge thing because these guys have different spells. Um, depending on uh, which which palette you use, and uh, you're you're essentially choosing. They're both spec'd for different things. So the uh, the green mage, I can't remember. I think that's Sia's. Um, the green mage is kind of spec'd for mobs mm-hmm. um, because he has cloud kill, which will kill regular mob enemies in one hit and hits everyone on the screen. But the uh, the other mage, the uh, the more anime looking one, um, that's the Yes, uh, he, uh, he's spec'd for bosses, mm-hmm. so he has more attacks that do high damage to a single target.
1: Right. So Um, within
0: within all these characters, you're actually choosing down to a more granular level of, you know, which type of mage you want. Can I say it this time? Yeah. This is an arcade game. It's an arcade. (laughs) Like, that's so cool. God, is that cool? Like, I don't there are people out there who don't like this game, I'm sure. And I just don't get it. Like, whenever if I play an arcade game and it's like a weird, neat arcade game, like Mm -hmm. that's always going to do it for me. Like, we we, I talked about it after uh, Portland Retro gaming expo, but that like weird two player competitive pinball. Mm -hmm. uh joust game like that's not necessarily a great pinball game but it's so cool and having this like actual weird kind of unique console ass experience it's like i love i love a pc experience on a console Mm -hmm. i really love a console experience at the arcade too (laughs) yeah like whenever you can cross those boundaries you're going to get my attention yeah and uh, this game does a great job of that.
2: I could, you know, I could only see, like, somebody who, you know, where we are, we are possibly inventing people who don't exist. Uh, if you don't yeah. like this game, I'm not saying you don't exist, but, like, we're kind of overblowing it. I could see somebody not liking this game if they are just not in a position or of a disposition to uh, to give brawlers a chance. Like, oh, these things are kind of kind of boring or i just can't brook it kind of like somebody who wouldn't play say something like spec ops the line because they don't yeah. like third person shooters i think or that... the way that
0: i won't play tales from the borderland <laughs> no.
2: yeah. well that's the, that's kind of an opposite situation you like that yeah. kind of game you just don't like that subject sub, yeah. subject matter whereas that person might like the subject matter but wouldn't want that kind of this kind of game
0: yeah yeah, yeah. or the, or maybe they they dislike the subject matter too that could be because this is if, if people avoid things that are based on DD properties because they're complicated, mm-hmm. which is exactly the reason I'm drawn to them. Yep. Um, or
2: because they're boring. Like if somebody wants something yeah. that is like a like I'm, I'm a tabletop player. I like complicated things, but I'm more of a Shadowrun kind of person. Then okay, Exactly. I can this, that.
0: this is less complicated than Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is. Uh, but not necessarily less complicated than the Shadowrun Genesis game. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I love about how complicated and Arcadia this is, we'll, we'll keep going on with our generalities, but this is just something that occurred to me is that like. This is a good reason to go and put more quarters into this thing. Oh, yeah. Like, as opposed to it just being difficulty that incentivizes you spending more money it's secrets <laughs> and that's really cool like yeah. you could you know and secrets and branching paths and stuff like that's actually added value that doesn't feel cheap
2: that's uh that's incentives that are in line for both people like both yes. sides are going to get more out of this as opposed to feeling like you're giving something up just to see ju- just to see more of the basic you're giving something up to dig deeper and deeper and see just the like the the many faceted splendor of this of this kind of like I can't think of anything anything else like this especially that existed at the time like there's stuff like Dragon's Crown today that people really you know regard pretty highly but like man oh man this does this just defy the format
0: yeah and it's also so it's in the arcade unlike Dragon's Crown um you can look at the character models <laughs> so that's a huge <laughs> yeah. advantage like yep <laughs> i can actually stare at this without my you know without my eyes like literally you know, each yeah. of them going in a different direction and turning and back into my brain.
2: Th- th- this isn't about the booby mage. Before anybody thinks that, it's because those characters are incredibly over-designed. Like it uh, is it... very difficult for me to look at it.
0: It's both about that. Like oh, I true, mean, the booby true. mage is pretty gross. Like the the main. Uh... Thing, the main pose for the booby mage has her resting her spell staff between her butt cheeks. Yes, like she is fingering her butthole with her weapon. <laughs> so when people tell me that that's not sexualized, that mm-hmm. oh, it's just stylized. Like yeah. you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. Okay. Like, so don't don't lie to yourself or me.
2: The the, um, the, the, the booby mage contributes to this, and the over sexualized stuff, especially in the peasants that are yeah. incredibly, uh, you know, like just uh, throwing themselves on your cock because you decided to show your face um aside from that even if that stuff wasn't there with that aesthetic it is hard to look at because it is incredibly over designed
0: yeah i would i I, it is both Yes. like even if it wasn't gross it would still be gross aesthetically
2: yeah i just i don't want somebody firing off and saying you guys are not giving dragons crown a chance because of sjw stuff like no (laughs) i
0: mean you you can fire that off if you want to at me like that's a Mm -hmm. fine reason not to give something a chance as far as i'm concerned (laughs) but there are other reasons too so i would not give it a chance because of sjw stuff And in addition to, I would not give it a chance because it's really hard to look at Mm -hmm. and really ugly. Yeah. Um, The, the, the cleric, uh, like loading screen scene for that is the cleric who's like sexily wounded with like a demon, like, you know, uh, kind of like uh, fondling her while she's like sexily wounded. It's really weird. (laughs) Yeah. And and again, like just, I, if, if that's, if that's what gets you off, that's fine. But like, don't pretend like that's not what it is. (laughs) That drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, It is meant to make you hard. Um, That is the idea. (laughs) yeah um anywho get the blood um, going I, yeah it is yeah it is it is uh but i will uh both reasons are bad reasons even though mm-hmm. it might play it sounds like it's something that's totally up my alley which oh, sucks yeah. that they decided to make it impossible to look at but like there are other. so like if, if people get mad about that um you know in the in the uh the depths of or in the the very uh the the pits of Gamergate, like when that was going on like i didn't play brianna's woo game brianna woo's game mm-hmm. because it was too ugly yep like those character models are also impossible to look at <laughs> yep and that would be if like i mean you know that she's not like, the, like that situation has changed a lot, but in the time when she was getting a lot of harassment and like, it would have been reasonable for somebody who is, uh, you know, an SJW to support this person or check out their game. I couldn't look at it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't play it. I was like, this is the one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so it is not just that it is that. And that. Yes. Um, yeah. The um, yeah. So the uh, everybody has special attacks in this. Um, the inputs are always the same, but the outputs are different. Right. So it is always going to be a Ken and Ryu quarter circle. It's always going to be a down-up um, forward plus attack or just holding attack after you hit somebody. We'll do different things for the characters. Yeah. You also have these panic attacks that you can do, which uh, jump and attack at the same time, uh, which are
2: usually meant to clear areas around you, um, especially if you uh, can't navigate to an item that will do something similar to that. Yeah. Um, and Those different... drain your health. Yes, uh, on yes. some of them. Uh, other yes. ones, that, uh, there, there are other trade-offs. But yes. like specifically for melee attacks or for melee characters, it will
0: uh, drain your health. Yes. Um, the cleric in that, instead of having a panic attack that clears anyone out, he turns undead. Yep. <laughs> which is goddamn awesome. Yep. <laughs> um, which is just an instant kill on everybody that's undead on the screen that's like a low enough level. Mm, but you don't get any experience level. for that. Yes. Which is a cool trade-off, which is not a choice you expect to make in an arcade game. <laughs> um, so I mentioned uh, Vancy and Magic before. If you don't know what Vancy and Magic is, think uh, Final Fantasy 1. Yep. Um, it is you have a certain number of slots per level. And uh, once you cast it from that slot, it's done. Um, these can be recovered either by, um, picking up items, or I think they can be recovered by, they can definitely be recovered by putting in a new quarter. Like when you start a new character mm-hmm. or continue to get your magic back. Um, I think there are a couple points in the storyline in which you sleep yeah, and they get recovered there as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise there are pickups that you can, yes. Get. Yeah. Um, and speaking of pickups, you have these treasure pickups, most of which are silver, which you can spend at a shop. Right. Yeah. Again, this is an arcade game, yeah. um, uh, and uh, some of them are gems, which uh, kind of uh, build up your experience. Uh, but a lot of them, some of them, anyway are equipment, either magical weapons that are uh, one-off up you know, like one off use, uh, different urns and things like that. Like, you have an urn that will summon uh, summon a djinn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, like weapons, armor, accessories. You have these slots that you can equip stuff to, um, some of which is, like, down to a boss. Like, if you fight a beholder, you will get beholder skin that protects you from certain spell attacks.
0: You can. Yeah, like, the bosses have a chance of dropping a unique reagent, which if you go to a shopkeeper later, they can turn it into a unique magical item for you. Yeah. Um otherwise you'll find just regular magical items uh out in the wild and the passive ones uh break too. So it has this kind of Arcadia economy where you are picking up and dropping rings of protection with some frequency but while you have it you have a little bit of extra protection. Um things break a lot though. Yeah. So and when we say inventory um you can look at your inventory but you don't micromanage this. No. Your characters just put on the most recent thing you have grabbed, and it moves really faster than, than you think. Yes, so um, it's
2: just uh, like if you if you pick up something that uh that that, that goes,
0: you just drop whatever is uh, whatever was in that slot before. In that slot, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, so uh, the game has it's mostly one plot, but there are different articulation points. Yeah,
2: so there are some choices that uh, kind of manifest in a very D anD D campaign esque way, which is like, yes. okay, do you want to take the fast way, but uh, encounter Road monsters, or do you want to take the slow way? um and uh, expose yourself to less danger stuff like yes yeah. really cool yeah um and, you know, the, the way that, that manifests is you're just deciding which levels you want to see. There are like mm-hmm. three, or four, three or four of these points throughout the game, um, which, you know, depending on your party makeup and depending on kind of like what you've seen before, this can be, you know, you can see something that is that feels very new and very different um, and go into familiar situations from unfamiliar situations with different kind of benefits from having done so.
0: Again, this is an arcade game. That's really, it's really, really cool to, to consider that. Um, and for a long time, this was not really available. Um, they were collected on the Sega Saturn in 1999, but like, you know, not a lot of people had a Saturn and the game became kind of rare, mm-hmm. but luckily it came out for uh, PC and consoles again in 2013 with uh, added online play in addition to a whole host of other features. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just for a moment, I want to gush about how good this port is. It's so good. Um, it's, it's really great. Like, they, it's really lovingly crafted. There's tons of concept art that you unlock. Um, there are different, like, kind of modifiers or add-ons to the game, mm-hmm. like different cheats that you can unlock that change the way the game plays. And they're not all cheats. Like, some of them are really unique. Um, there are things you can get where, like, uh, there's a hedgehog mode um, <laughs> where you have money instead of health. If you run out of money, you die. And when you get hit, you spill coins, like, like Sonic, um, mm-hmm. which is really great. You can do a mode where um, the only way you heal is by attacking enemies. Mm-hmm. So all of you have, like, the, like a vampirism weapon. Yeah. Um, things like that. Like, just a bunch of different ways to play. Yeah. Um, and the online connectivity is instant and, and easy. Yeah. You know, like, which isn't always the case with uh, with stuff that is uh, online. Yeah. So as somebody who plays a lot of co-op with yeah. my buddies, um, this is, it just works really. So you can really quickly get four people together to play through this game. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to each other on Skype or, or Ventrilo or what have you, Mumble, and uh, <laughs> and have a great time. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, like painless.
2: like so, we both play this on Steam, and it works amazingly. Yeah. Um, and uh, like even if you 're not doing like the modifier kind of stuff you know it doesn't do any kind of like trickery to try and expand the image it doesn 't like try and upsample it or resample it or crop it off it 's still presented in a four by three uh style uh, kind of thing with with you know kind of a window box but like this is one of the few really good implementations of achievements I think because these games are so dependent on like i press button see shiny you know Mm -hmm. like knowing you know when i kill an enemy and it flashes up in the margins like hey you are 235 enemies on the way towards this achievement like i don't normally chase those kind of things but like that presentation you know combined with the fact that they decided not to fuck with the graphics that much um really works for me in a way that is kind of delightful
0: yeah i I think so too um you know and the fact that like uh it's not an achievement thing, but as you are kind of just playing the game, you're unlocking that currency that is going to allow you to see more of the game, mm-hmm. you know, and see more of these things. Like, that is a reason to to keep going towards these things. And those little gems you get, that currency you get, um, are also tied to, if not achievements, little, like, you know, kill 20 goblins or whatever, Yeah, are also tied to that. So it has a nice, like, reward structure <laughs> to it in this kind of metagame. Yeah. So. Uh,
2: we talked about this a little bit in Turtles in Time. I want to talk about our, like, uh, kind of first experiences with these games. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, Good.
0: Yeah. All right. I was just gonna say, uh, for me, I don't. I didn't ever have a regular arcade where I could play this. I know. I know that you did. Um. But for me, it was just if I was in an arcade that had this, it was a must play, (laughs) and it was really great. But I never got. I just got to see the the secrets on my periphery. Um, which was really, really tantalizing. So this mm-hmm. became a, a number one target if I was ever in like a bowling alley or what have you that mm-hmm. had this.
2: Definitely. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't uh, Shadow of the Star. It was Tower of Doom that was like set up in the kind of shitty arcade off of the laundromat at this uh, hotel that my grandparents uh, used to take me to. You know, it was like okay, mm-hmm. once once a year we're going to go up to Sawmill Creek um, in Northern Ohio, which is you know was uh, for a little kid it was great. The the pool has a waterfall, Gary. <laughs> yeah the pool yep, has yep. a waterfall <laughs> and they serve <laughs> waffles like it was like a resort like and it was winter time so it was all like indoor stuff but you know there was a nice man who would make me waffles and that was great but you know you would get a stack of quarters and go down and play tower of doom and try and get past the black slime you know, like okay, yeah. just being too young to understand the way that this kind of like articulates, but having this kind of like deep and, this deep and sincere sense of mystery. And when I found mm-hmm. out there was a there was a sequel at the uh, the local, uh, it was called Laser Arcade. It was only there for a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, you know, playing it there and being like, oh, like this is like that other thing, but better and more complicated and weird. And I didn't grow enough between the two times I played it to like be able to grasp even the further, the further complexity there. But like that sense of mystery was so important to me, especially in an arcade. Like I was willing to put this money in, you know, in it and not get the tickets to get the prizes because like I'm over here having experiences.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I, that kind of um, sense, sense of mystery and sense of this thing just being deeper than I understand mm-hmm. is so elemental to my, like my love of games. Mm hmm. And to have it expressed in this genre and this uh, this location is huge. Yes. Because like it gets done, I mean, just to sound like a parody, like that's a big thing about Dark Souls is like you see the edges of a mystery, but you don't totally get it. Or if you want to go back further than that, like this was why I played Castlevania (laughs) two to to its completion. Yes. You know, I played I played uh, played Castlevania two to climax. And the reason why (laughs) is don't say it like that. (laughs) What? The game climax, it killed Dracula. The um the the that sense of just like, Oh, there's more here than I understand is really, really huge and rare. Yes. Um, and it, it is, uh, I, you know, I have to recapture that now with dark souls back in the day, the idea that I could get that in arcade is just uh, so valuable. Yeah. Um, and, I th- and playing it again, I think it's a fun game. Oh yeah. So it, you know, and I mean, I, we haven't even like I love D and D. So like <laughs> this trading in the iconography of D and D is is huge too. So like just being able you know, like oh here's a beholder, fuck yes. <laughs> you know like I I want to fight the oh and the beholder acts like beholders do in D and D. Uh huh. Oh you mean I can't use magic on it because it has anti magic shell up? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh this lich has magic resistance. And the way they, no you didn't <laughs> the way that they honor the source
2: material like is so I just like it's staggering. I'm yeah. gobsmacked at the fact that beholders behave like like beholders ought to, and the waiter the way that it rewards that knowledge and that experience.
0: Yes, in a way that again, like we were talking about the the uh, fringe case that like doesn't like this. Maybe that just makes it feel bewildering and arbitrary. Okay, you know to to those people, but to me, it and to anybody who read the manual, which you wouldn't read the manual because it's an arcade game, <laughs> but uh, anybody who has the can you know read the side of the arcade machine or whatever to read all this lore um, would get it's just respectful in a way that doesn't hand wave anything like mm-hmm. in the uh the predator arcade game the predators get health by eating pizza on the ground i don't <laughs> yeah. think that's how predators actually eat like that's disrespectful to the source material yeah like i'm sure sure a predator can jam some za but like mm-hmm. that's not gonna be their number one choice it's probably like bio gel yeah you know they probably slather some glowing goo on themselves right mm-hmm. yeah yeah just a nutrient patch yeah. yeah
2: no and just uh, like the, the the fact that they don't just treat it well the the, the source material the material well aesthetically but just like it permeates down to the very basic mechanics and mm-hmm. kind of composition of this game definitely makes it something that that, that feels like this crazy improbable artifact
0: yes yeah I've, I've wanted to talk about this for a long time so let's uh <laughs> let's get into it Uh, tell us a little about the
2: plot, Cole. So, as we said kind of at the beginning here, this is a follow-up to the Tower of Doom. This actually takes place two years after the events of that game, after our party has defeated the Archlich Lich Demos? Deimos? 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 John sta nah, they, they both
0: they both sound sound rough <laughs> they both sound like evil
2: yes um the party uh, has now set their sights on this broken land of Gilantri uh for adventure and treasure, but uh they find that all of mistara is threatened by this sorceress named sin s y n n who actually turns out to be this ancient red dragon ma- masquerading as a, as an elf lady um, attempting to raise this fiend to destroy the world
0: yes, turns out to be the ancient uh sleeping dragon at the bottom. Of the uh the crown of the sunken king. <laughs> um the and the the, the Mistara is real. and we talked about it, go back to our D D episode. uh Mistara was the uh things that officially came out of T S R was the Ur kind of Dungeons and Dragons setting, uh before Forgotten Realms and Greyhawk actually kind of usurped that yes. practically. But Mistara was the official setting for a little while. And it is more or less just fantasy, but there are airships. <laughs> so there's a tiny touch of steampunk, but not tons of it and they would double down on that later editions but early on it was just mostly fantasy plus a couple airships yeah think uh think early final fantasy yes uh so we have stage one um descent to the broken lands yeah and this arcade game starts with a little tutorial section um it's cinematic as hell like this is before we name our characters
2: yeah like you are kind of like descending from these mountains and uh it starts out like uh and, and you know instead of just having your character traveling alone this whole party all six of these people um and maybe more of them like some of the variants are there it looks like a very crowded screen um are kind of like gathered and you hear somebody call for help and whoever's playing like all those characters rush off to the right and yes. uh start fighting these goblins
0: Yes. Um, so you're introduced to those basic kind of mechanics, that most of which we covered, um, until you get to uh, this uh, this mini boss, um, this goblin war machine. <laughs> yeah. To fight, it's goblins riding this this kind of cart that has prisoners tied to the back, and you destroy it to uh, release these prisoners. Yes. Uh, this isn't the boss just
2: yet. The war machine is down there, but these well, like right. in, yeah these individual like carts. That it's are kind of carried. like a
0: mini boss is, is what I called it, where like it's kind of a tougher yeah. tougher thing to fight.
2: Yeah. They like uh, they, they 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 rush along and uh, they move very quickly.
0: Yes. Yeah. um so you rescue these children and then one of them asks your name and that's where you input your name mm-hmm. that is cinematic as shit <laughs> like the fact that you don't put in your name at the beginning of your your play mm-hmm. like there's this little prequel
2: the first thing that you do after selecting like hey this guy looks kind of cool is press some buttons and kill some shit
0: yes um, that's so good that's so good and naming your characters people are going to refer to you by name so you can use the canon ones in there you can also name your characters things like dorg and, like, Bug, <laughs> and Zorb, and Zick, and stuff like that, and it makes it really, like, these names will live on in <laughs> Infamy. Infamy, Crub, Sab, you know, and it's... Pepperoni it's really... and cheese. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um,
2: but um, I, there there is a glitch that I read about where you can put in, uh, if you use a bunch of repeating characters or start out with a couple of spaces, it'll make the game act weird.
0: Um, So that's a glitch. Two, uh the other thing, this is actually a feature, is that the name you put in determines what your starting inventory is. Mm-hmm. Like um, a so seed, a lot... right? Yeah, it's a seed for what kind of thing. So there are people online. You can find facts where uh, it gives you the most advantageous names (laughs) to put in to get the best items. These
2: names of power.
0: Yes, these these names are killing words.
2: Um, (laughs) uh, Are there enough characters for Muradib? No, there are not.
0: Nah, sad. Yeah, Um, you could be (laughs) Muradi. Yes. Um, So after this, you end up in the village of Trintan, the first actual stage, stage two.
2: Yeah. Um, And so these goblins and other creatures are uh, raiding the town along with these uh, these uh, bears that are uh, kind of acting as the bigger enemies. And then right away you have uh, no archers coming from the
0: side. Yes. Yep. And uh, so you're interested in this this kind of variety of enemies. One thing if I had to ding this game is I wish I had a greater variety of enemies. Yeah. Like you're going to be running into these things at the end of the game, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, introduced, you're picking up equipment this, during this time. You, you kill guys, you uh, you open up treasure chests if, uh, if they're unlocked or if you have the thief, um, or if you have keys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're getting this equipment. It can break. Um, it's just kind of good for a certain number of hits. So if you get like a ring of protection, it's active for a certain number of hits. Um, one just really minor mechanic I want to mention, just so nobody writes in and tells us. Um, the dwarf has a weird thing. If you open up a treasure chest, um, you can hit the treasure chest uh, after it's opened to shake more treasure out of it. And hmm. this is supposed to uh, symbolize him finding, like, secret compartments. Ah, yes. In it. Um, but eventually, you move to the right uh, bashing and, and fighting until you get to the uh, the actual goblin war machine. Yeah. The so,
2: so, outside of uh, Warcraft, this is the only time that goblins have been interesting to me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I hate goblins so much. But here, there's, like, little hapless, uh, you know, uh, grunts, right?
0: Yeah. The yeah. dorks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so this is uh this is a big war machine that kind of charges back and forth across the screen mm-hmm. um and drops off some goblins when when you when it goes does this so you have to either hit it on its way through to do some damage while also doing crowd control
2: right yeah
0: um and it'll post up on the other side of the screen and kind of send out these flamethrower jets yes and that's a good time to attack it if you can get behind the uh the flames right. um after you do enough damage to it you get this like real like the one really cartoony thing that happens in this game. <laughs> I was expecting this kind of tone to continue, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, where the goblin does a, a gears up for a really big a charge, charges past you, runs off a cliff, and then does that thing where it doesn't know that it's off the cliff just yet. Yeah, coyotes. Yeah, coyotes a little bit, and then looks <laughs> down and then falls. And I'm like, oh, that's Looney Tune to shit. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Um, I just I,
2: I like how they mix that up because that's that's pretty cinematic. It's not you who defeated this thing. You just made them desperate enough to fuck up. Yeah. You know, know. and and that happens a couple of other times, too. Um, But uh, but yeah, the local guards kind of come up and say, like, yeah, so these guys are coming from this nearby fort and they are uh, setting their sights on the nearby town of Gliantri. So you need to get there as quick as possible. And like right away after the first real level, they present you with a choice.
0: Yeah. Before we get to the choice real quick, uh, something that's part of this boss loop is that. Bosses drop a bunch of treasure, and you have a limited amount of time to pick it up. Oh, yeah. Before your characters all go, oh, and then uh, then move on. So um, a a kind of a a pro tip is that if you do your slide, which is a quarter circle, like a a Hadouken, and then a jump button, um, you'll pick up everything you slide past. Yes, That was a mechanic that was specifically added to make it easier to pick up a bunch of uh, gold. Yes. So you, yeah, if you don't want to let that uh, that boss treasure go, slide around after you beat a boss before you guys go, oh, and then move on <laughs> to the
2: actual the end of the level. I love sampled, sampled voice so much. I'm, I'm way into
0: it. Yep. Um, But that choice that we have, so we can either go by land or boat. Um, If you go by land, it's quicker but more hostile. If you go by boat, it's kind of a weird bonus level yes. thing on a river raft. And we're going to talk about the different articulation points yeah. uh, be- be- as we get to them.
2: It's it's easy to do that because they all kind of like rejoin at the same spot. Yes, um, so the more involved one, uh, at least like, hey, this is a regular brawler level, is riding a juggernaut, which uh, yes. which is a train level. You're on this goblin train, and it kind of uh, progresses and gets bigger as new cars kind of slam into it.
0: Yes. Um, you know, goblins uh, start trying to, uh, they, they start rallying, and they throw these big walls of projectiles at you yeah. that you have to avoid um, from kind of the sides, um, which is a new, new hazard. <laughs> and uh, hellhounds show up. Yeah. Um, so hellhounds are really tough um, they have a lot of hit points they stick around for a while they also introduce um, elemental immunities here because mm-hmm. if you've been using your fireball attack um, or your <laughs> freet to clear the screen I don't think you have the freet yet because you gain levels in this arcade game um, <laughs> if you've been using your fireball attack to uh, the, the hellhounds are immune to this yeah. um, if you brought a uh, yeah mm-hmm. so the um, you know you have to actually rethink your tactics there yeah
2: and they very occasionally use like a, like a fire breath attack as well
0: yes yeah
2: yep. uh the boss here is super super great uh the uh the dark warrior who's uh yeah. summoned, like no, not, not summoned
0: the goblins have it in prison and they're like well last ditch effort let's let this guy loose and see what happens yep and he he to me he looks like a uh like a 32-bit final fantasy enemy yes he does he looks like a uh, like the iron giant yes guys. yeah yeah iron golds yeah um yeah, so you, you fight this guy, and during this entire thing, he uh, he summons skeleton warriors. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the cool thing about this is if you have a cleric, you can kind of post up a cleric just to turn undead mm-hmm. every once in a while. And just have one character clear all the rabble really easily. Yeah. You know, which is, it feels out of balance. Like, so much <laughs> of the coolness of this game are, are little touches where they're willing to be unbalanced. Yeah, I love that. You know, like, I really like that, too. Like, rough edges like that are really important. <laughs> Like, a perfectly balanced game is very rarely fun. Yeah. Like, having these little things you can luck upon that are kind of OP, but don't break the game or just... Mm -hmm you know, give you empower the player really, really cool.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's an improbable advantage that you would get, that you would get here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're playing with somebody new, like, uh, you know, you show up as a cleric here and the, 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 this fight becomes trivial, but their bosses later on, that might be easier if you had chosen another class or had yes. a different party composition. This is just like, you know, like it, it's, it's unbalanced in this moment and that something gives you a really big advantage, but like on the whole, you know, you are making these trade-offs. You have made a decision up to this point
0: um so this guy um he's a, a gigantic blue guy as we mentioned um he shoots these lightning walls down at you mm-hmm. and does these little little hadoukens um and everything but in general like you can sunlock this guy um you can hit you can hit him you can hit him while he's down on the ground like he doesn't really break the rules and most of the bosses here don't right um so eventually you you take this guy down um you get to go to a store in between most stages there is a store <laughs> um there's some kind of cool mechanics here um you're mostly buying these consumables uh which are hammers uh, would you throw in an arc and will stun enemies
2: and they'll bounce um, as well, so
0: you can get a bunch of hits off of the same yes. one. Yeah. Yep. Um, little oil flasks, which uh, set up a little explosion. Um, arrows, which which shoot forward, and then uh, healing potions to heal yourself up. Mm-hmm. And there are kind uh, of two hidden mechanics in this shopping screen. Yep. Um, one, if you click on your uh, the person you're playing with's hand, you can give them money, mm-hmm. so you can share the economy. And if you click on the shopkeeper, they'll give you advice. But if you have any of those rare, uh, rare reagents with you, um, that is how you get the uh, unique magical items. Yes. So if you talk to a shopkeeper while you have displacer skin, you'll get a displacer cloak.
2: <laughs> so good. Yeah. Love it. Super cool.
0: You can also sell things too. Or discard it uh, up in your upper inventory. You can drag things to the garbage if you want to make room. Yeah,
2: you only have so much so much uh, space to carry. Yes. So like, if you know, I'm, I'm a hammer man. I like the hammer a lot. Yeah. Um So like, I would always make room to get as many of those as I could. Yep. And you and can't really good. You don't carry the uh, the health potion with you. It's just a way to pay to uh, get back up to full. Yes. Yes. Uh, So the other option that you could have taken here um, instead of, you know, riding a juggernaut, you would have this battle at Vesuvia, which is a river. Um, And this is uh, this is very bonusy. So and also it's kind of meta because you are on a raft and you're kind of like navigating this Final Fantasy six, you know, rapids kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you take the wrong, the wrong path as you're going along, you can get into these, um, uh, um, little encounters and then it kind of zooms in and you're fighting them as they come off of your raft. This feels like a,
0: like an evolution of the elevator elevator level a little bit to me. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually play this well and not get into any encounters on the way. Yes. Um, you also can pick up little bonus money as we mentioned, and this is this, the speed run route does this because so they need money right uh, for the speed run. So you go through, eventually you land in this cave that has all these baby scorpions <laughs> in it. Until a man, their their daddy, uh, man scorpion, comes down.
2: Scorpion dad. Hello. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, <laughs> oh, it's where the cop turns into a scorpion and he has to learn to take care of his kid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he fights off that frog. Yeah. <laughs> at the end.
0: Dad, no. I don't want. <laughs> but dad I... dad, I can't understand you. Dad, this is a tragic situation. You don't seem to you don't seem to grasp how sad this is, Dad. Dad the only you're... thing you grasp is that gun. <laughs> <laughs> your gigantic pincers, Dad. Dad, your chitin is not as comforting as you think it is, Dad. <laughs> um anyway, the man the man scorpion. Uh, this guy this guy's kind of a son of a bitch. Yeah. So this guy I think is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which is the
2: trade off that you take for taking this possibly very easy level.
0: Yes, because yeah. you fight, fight a harder boss. And the reason he's harder is just because he is, it's harder to find times where you can kind of stun him and not have him do counterattacks. Yeah. Uh, mostly because of the scythe mm-hmm. for me. I could usually uh, dodge his lightning ray that he shoots, um, but his scythe has a wider sweep or something. He uh, he, de- it, he deploys it really quick, too. There's not yeah, very much it, telegraph. Super fast. Um, but yeah, you kill him and regardless of which of those stages you take, um, the Archduke, um, if you do the other stage, you meet the Archduke who says, uh, this is a a suspicious town to the Southwest and he's going to send an airship. Um, and that's how we get to the skies over Engamore. We end up on an airship, no no matter what,
2: (laughs) which I'll pay attention to what we're doing here, because this sounds very much like a D and D campaign to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like going from town to town, investigating a lead and dealing with the wilderness in between and making choices as you go along.
0: Yeah yeah Very well so, so. So, so yeah we're we're on the airship now, yeah
2: uh the skies of more um this is where they introduce uh some kind of like really competent and quick enemies uh you're fighting a lot of these uh these shadow elves uh these are yeah. drow right are these does di- uh, are are shadow elves distinguished from drow at all as far as I know, no, but I no. could be wrong about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, this has a background threat. You have this, uh, this other elf that's on a dragon in the back that is, uh, kind of, uh, shooting some fireballs at you that you have to,
0: uh, uh, figure out how to dodge. You can actually, and you can kill him, uh, or knock him out of the sky with magic missiles. Yes. Um, if you use that magic missiles would scale up the same way they do in, in, uh, the tabletop game. <laughs> so in this, this low level, you shoot three of them, but eventually you shoot four and then five. Hmm. Um, nice. Pretty great. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can knock, you can get rid of that hazard if you want with a specific spell. But mostly, you're you're kind of fighting these nimble enemies, getting to the boss, the harpy, um, who I think is a hard boss as well. Yes, this um, is uh, this is tough because we haven't really had to deal with airborne threats so far. Yeah, and and we're not super equipped for it. No, um, you have the, you have your hammers, um, you know, you have spells, but your jump attacks. Uh, she spends most of her time trying to keep keep you away from her, mm-hmm. um, usually by buffeting you. Yes, uh, with the air. So you have to actually get her down to the ground to actually score some real hits. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of tricky.
2: Yeah. So you have to bring her to ground. And once she's down there, she stays down for a good while. Like that's only going to be about three or four different volleys. This is one that I can definitely see being a lot better with teamwork.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you get past her, you get to the prow of the ship and there's another boss fight because this is not going to space out, you know, stage battle, stage battle. (laughs) You know, it's much more uh, kind of uh, mixed up than that. The pacing in this is so weird. Some of these levels are very short. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but on the prowl,
2: you're fighting this, uh, this drow warrior named tell Aaron. Um, I don't know. We have to tell Aaron.
0: Yeah. Tell know. him, uh, tell him to tell Skylar to, to come <laughs> home.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so this is a cool fight. I like this a lot. So he's a drow warrior. He's about your size and he has this huge sword. Um, and he's kind of going back and forth between these melee volleys and, uh, spells. And he's summing up these skeletons as, yes. uh, as he goes
0: along again, incentivizing clerics. Yes. Yeah. Um, and eventually, um, he kind of multiplies into <laughs> into five dudes. He kind of, uh, you know, uh, what's that spell? Mirror Images of himself. Multiple Man, yeah. And then, uh, you say the spell is called Multiple Man? <laughs> yeah, I did. Or Multiply Man? Multiple Man, you know. I got to Multiply Man. <laughs> yes. um, man has been multiplied. <laughs>
2: um. Please, Father, can I, can I play the Beat Them Up where Multiply Man stars? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know why i laughed like Muttley there <laughs> <laughs> that sound is so good um, no no he does mirror herself uh, yeah. and uh he he calls down a like a bunch of fireballs to kind of like send the ship down
0: right mm-hmm. um but another elf shows up to stop him which is a pallet swap which i think is kind of a mistake because yeah. i was like what is going on like he just made <laughs> copies of himself and here's just a different colored copy oh
2: no this one on went himself. wrong you botched the spell it was a critical yeah. failure you multiply yep. yourself but one of them as your mortal enemy
0: yeah you create <laughs> one that is like the the gross like clone like the, the kill me regressive regressive gene clone yeah the, it's it.
2: it's halfway through multiplicity
0: yeah 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 um that's a good idea <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but um it yeah, comes along and uh, shoes him off and he, you know he acts like it was his idea to leave i'll kill you next time he says yes. um but uh but the ship crash lands and this is uh this is a really subtle um, kind of branching point because this is based on how quickly you defeated Telerin um, yes. and also whether or not you have an elf
0: in your party. Um, yeah. You have like three different places you could end up here. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, three different bosses.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so if you if you take too long you're forced into the Forest of Despair. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a bonus because the boss at the end is a beholder. Uh, but we'll talk <laughs> cool. about that stage 5A, the Forest of Despair um, which is this uh, this kind of tiered platformer that you're going through where there are different, uh, different levels um, there and there are mosquito things or, or Sturges that you yes. fight as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, this would be great if it weren't for all the Skeeters. I thought those were kind of annoying. Um, they yeah. were just high enough to not be, uh, to not be easily attackable. If you,
0: uh, if you duck you, they will go over you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can you can do a hilarious crouch in this game and walk around crouching.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh. So to so duck in this game, pro tip, uh, just act like you're going to jump down. You press down yes. and jump at the same time. Yep. Um. Yeah. And uh, this level is very short. It's mostly trying to navigate those little tiers. Uh. It's leveled mm-hmm. like Kramer's apartment. And um.
0: And uh, most of it is this one screen encounter with a shitload of troglodytes. Yes. Yeah. You fight tons of trogs, um, along with some skeletons, yeah. just to spice things up. Because this this game is is skeleton game is strong. <laughs> um so after the game you, on and, point yep uh and then you fight those guys um eventually you get to the boss which is a beholder um uh, <laughs> which is fantastic
2: this is a this is a great boss fight
0: yeah because he has the thing about beholders is that they have a lot of like they're the swiss army eyes
2: <laughs> of
0: of enemies where they have just a lot of different attacks they can do yeah um and that's the they carry that forward mm-hmm. in this um and he has an anti-magic field uh if he has a central eye stock open Mm -hmm. which is the case with real beholders as well. You can't, Mm -hmm. uh, they have an anti-magic ability as well.
2: Yeah. And uh, all of his attacks, they're not just damage. Like he can put you to
0: sleep or put multiple party members to sleep. Yep. And you can, you can uh, wake up your friends as well as you might expect. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't see all of his attacks. Um, I I had this feeling like there are probably some things that he does that I did not get a chance to see. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I wonder if he has like the power word kill and, and shit like that. I wonder Um, So he (laughs) – another great thing
2: about this, his vocabulary diminishes as you fight because as you damage him, the eye stocks
0: fall off. Yes. (laughs) Um, And if you pick up one of those, that's good because you're going to be able to turn it into an item. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to actually choose to pick it up. Um, One kind of minor drawback to this game is picking things up is the same button as attacking. Yeah. So you you can accidentally – Pick things up when you mean to attack. Yeah, and that's going to happen. It, it it adds something that is a
2: tactical concern that feels more like it's an interface problem, which is you just can't fight over top of
0: treasure. Yes, um, you especially, want to uh, do a couple slides over there,
2: <laughs> especially if that treasure is equipment, which just means you're going to be in a cycle of dropping stuff over and over again.
0: Yes, yeah,
2: okay. yeah. Uh, but this uh, this beholder fight is great, although it is green, and I don't understand that. Like it does yeah. not it does not look like the traditional red beholder. No. Yeah. How amazing is it that we're doing this game right after Monster My Podcast launch? It worked out really well. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but this is great. Uh the other places you can go are decidedly more difficult and uh kind of less cool than this. I think so, so too. So if you defeat the boss, if you defeat Telerin uh very quickly, you can choose to do this bonus level which is the Riddle of Ainson. Um and this is mostly uh you're going down these uh like making a choice between these two paths. Mm-hmm. Um, that ultimately uh, uh, culminates in the Ogre Master brothers, which is a dual fight in a game that doesn't generally do
0: that. It's a it's a it's explicitly like the gargoyles and Dark Souls, where you fight one of them for a while, and then mm. when he gets low enough on help, he calls for or help he calls for help. Yeah, um, you can actually stunlock him so he doesn't get a chance to call for help. Mm. Um, in which case, you only have to fight one. Nice, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, the other option you can take, which just feels like punishing you for having an elf in your party. Yes. <laughs> You know what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is the forest bridge, um, which uh, is uh, kind of just like a basic level where you're fighting some giant beetles. That's the only time the beetles show up really. You have more shadow elves, but the boss here is a green dragon, which is like just a bonus boss.
0: Yeah. He's really tough. Yeah. yeah. I think he dropped some, one of those special reagents. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one, because I didn't have an elf in my party here. I, I just read about this. I actually didn't do this.
2: Yeah. I um, watched, a, I, I didn't do it either. I watched a, uh, a YouTube video of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, So I think you get one of those reagents for fighting the green dragon. You might end up getting uh, one of the special swords. Yeah. They get later. Um, Either way, you move on to the, uh, the stage six, the battle at strong Oak. So the Battle of Strong Oak is kind of our first big dungeon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we
2: have like a little uh, little cutscene here where we see this uh, kind of backstory about this gigantic thousand-year-old tree that rises from the center of this forest that no adventurer has ever returned from, which is some great DM pattern. As mm-hmm. uh, we see
0: the sorceress talking about uh, this fiend that will soon rise. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we get to uh, fairly quickly here. We get to the the this manticore <laughs> right in the beginning yeah. um i love manticore's faces oh yeah like the way they look like just like dorky old, like they look like single dads <laughs> they, they look like uh they look like
2: uh, uh like library administrators
0: yeah yeah like uh, like like what if a recently divorced library administrator was mixed with a scorpion and a tiger or whatever <laughs> and that's how you get a manticore Yep. Um and this is kind of a kind of a pushover
2: fight, which offsets yeah. the fact that like it hits you with it right away. Like there's yeah. only there's very little like lead up to this as you're walking to the base of the tree. He's like the the, the guardian.
0: You just need to stagger it, which is not hard yeah. to do. Yep. Yeah. Again, the that pacing thing, they're going to have these uh these kind of mini bosses mm-hmm. uh that come with with some frequency. Yeah. Um after you take him out and you go inside the tree, um and this has introduces these flame spout traps on the floor. Um, that have this element of just uh, timing to get past them, and they become a hazard to watch out for during fights. And then you uh, you fight hellhounds and kobolds here, and the kobolds are throwing these fire pots at you yeah. during the fight,
2: which act like a, a little bit like uh, like your own oil, oil pots. They do a little yes. bit of like area denial on you. Um, the third area here, like you're going through these discrete kind of backgrounds as you are inside this tree, um, has gargoyles, which kind of come to life off of their pedestals. And uh, uh, these things suck because you need to use magic. So if you're playing by yourself and you don't have magic, welcome to your new hell.
0: Yes. You, well, even <laughs> if you're if you're playing a fighter or anything, you'll probably have a ring of fireball or yeah. whatever. Like these things, what they do is they force you. You have to engage the complicated systems of the game. <laughs> yes. So you, you can do it if you're just playing a single-player thing. It's a little bit harder. If you're playing a mage, it's easy. If you're playing a fighter and you have, like, a magical weapon, um, it's easy. Yeah. But you have – you can't just it, – it's kind of the point at which the game where they're saying, like, you cannot just play this as a regular brawler. Right. Like, we're going to, to send enemies at you that force you to engage with us on our level. Right. Um, and we're more than halfway in, so, you know, time to, t- exactly. <laughs> time to pay the piper. Yes. And, it, I mean, I still think they suck, too, because it just became – I'm so used to, you know, when I was playing as a, as a fighter. Um, when I played this the the first time when it came out on Steam with Derek, I played through the mage and he played the fighter. Mm-hmm. This time I I played with kind of a rotating uh, group of classes, but Will mostly played as the mage. Yeah. So we always had that on lockdown. So as the fighter, I would find it annoying if I just didn't happen to have an item that would would shoot fire or whatever. Yeah. At these guys, um, and I would have to wait for for Will to line up a spell to take them out.
2: Yeah. So it sucks that, like, you you can just be locked into a situation, possibly, where there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Which, um, but they're rare, yeah. though, so that's that, that mitigates it somewhat. You can still get through it. It just takes longer.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, if they're not immune to damage.
2: And and these guys are um, uh, combined with ghouls, which, yes. if you let them pile
0: up, there's just going to be so many of them that they're going to push you against the far right of the stage. Again, you want to turn undead. Yes. Um, Here, which again you lose experience doing that, but usually it's it's worth it to have this really powerful uh, crowd clear. Yeah, Um, at the end of this is the lich, is the boss fight here. Mm -hmm. A regular lich, not a demi lich, and uh, much like a lich, he has magic immunity down to a certain level. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are, if you have high enough level spells, you can attack him, but he's immune to spells of a lower level.
2: Yeah, to that. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, kind of a he's a squishy guy, as you would expect a lich to be. Um, mm-hmm. And he primarily attacks with like spells that have uh, different patterns. I couldn't ident- identify which spells he was using, um, but I would not be surprised if he was pulling straight from the player's
0: handbook. If they were actually spells. yes, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Yeah. Um,
2: but it's but more just
0: like pattern recognition than anything. Yeah. Um, so you, you take him out and then the sorceress actually puts you to sleep mm-hmm. near, after you beat him.
2: And this is probably, this is one of those places where you get your spells back,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. Hopefully. We'll just say you slept for eight hours afterwards. Yeah
2: i um, <laughs> will just say uh, yeah. i love that we'll just say
0: well that's uh i mean you've heard that before right that's the um the sequel so there's the the real classic uh dead alewives dungeons and dragons thing yeah um but then there's a sequel to that that is not as well loved but i think is also very funny mm-hmm. um where they have that where uh someone's trying to determine if a, a sword is magical and he's like i swing it around he's like well it's not a lightsaber and he goes <laughs> well I, I, you know it's called a detect magic spell and he's like why did, did i didn't want to use that up <laughs> so we'll just say you slept for six hours afterwards, because that's such a like D and D thing.
2: Yeah, I was more we'll la- I was more laughing
0: at the D and D thing. Like, I will just say. Yeah, I- it's so it's so good. Yeah, I've yeah. I've not heard that particular was sketch. Um, I will I will put both of them in the show notes because mm-hmm. the second one does not get enough attention. It's like lower <laughs> lower production values mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's a little bit longer. It's a little bit like flabbier, but it's still very very funny. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So she puts you to sleep
2: and uh, then you wake up and you are kind of out in this grove of destruction, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> which is uh, really just like a, a, a preamble to a fight with the displacer beast, which I love a displacer beast. I like displacer beast, too. Which I, are They're just panthers <laughs> with tentacles. But like they are. But like the, their effect when described in a monster manual is so kind of arcane, just kind of like, oh, it looks like it's in a different place than it is. Yeah. Here they gamify that by making it into like, well, they're just two of them. And yeah. only one of them is an illusion.
0: Yeah, they shadow their, their moves. They do the exact same thing, just in different spots on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Really cool. Um, You take this thing down. He can actually grab you as well. He has uh, these whip attacks, and then he has uh, grab attacks as like, well. Like a bike. Yeah. And you, you take him down, and there's a side quest. <laughs> um, In this arcade game, there is an optional side quest to go do something for treasure, if <laughs> you, you know? want to. Because, because... Off, off the side of the screen, this little guy goes, and asks you for help it's so good
2: uh, it's a gnome but he's more brownie size yeah,
0: yeah. he's a real little pupper yeah. and he's just like hey will you help us our forest our home is in trouble <laughs> and you just get to say yes no and it's just an optional part of the game you can decide to do or not
2: yeah that's so cool <laughs> really good um, um so we're going to presume you select to or you elect rather to uh to rescue the gnome village you're that not is, a monster that that, that that is 8b as opposed to 8a which i don't know yes. what they're trying to say about that's people who <laughs> decide to help people Boys. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, you head into the cave where these gnomes are living. Um, and this is not an entirely vertically scrolling level that kind of like plays with, uh, with the depth, uh, but mm-hmm. it starts out like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, this is not where they introduce trap chests, but it's really where they're out in force.
0: Yes. And that's another thing the thief can do. They have mm-hmm. a little, uh, a little word bubble will pop above the chest that says that it's trapped yes. when a thief approaches it. Um, so you, you go through this, uh, this vertical section, and you start, uh, eventually going through a horizontal section where you're fighting these gnomes on a bridge, uh, to get up to the the boss, which is a chimera. Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
2: and this is like a combination between the uh, the manticore and the uh, the harpy a little bit. Yes, he will uh, buffet you, uh, with his uh, with his wings, and then he also has the the flame breath, which is his primary uh, kind of attack. Hmm. Also, he's really big too.
0: Yeah. Um. After you you beat him, um, the gnome thanks you, and you do a little shopping section where, if you want, you can buy a potion that shrinks you down to go to the gnome village. <laughs> which, if you can do that, do that. Because you get this little section where your little characters are all shrunken down. You go to a gnome village and go to the inn and learn a bunch of hints about the secret stuff of this game. Yep. Um, pretty awesome. Like, yeah. cool little non-combat. There's a timer. Like, there's a nod to this being an arcade game. Like, they don't want you to spend that much time doing this non-combat D&D shit. Yeah. Um, so you have, like, I think you have 99 seconds to do this whole part. Mm-hmm. Um, there are timers on pretty much everything. Like, even on the shot yeah. screen. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like they wanted to include it, but they also know that they have to make quarters. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but regardless if you you know, if you choose it or not, they know that you're heading to this uh to this chasm of Raphael, right? The mm-hmm. immortal Raphael. Uh which takes yeah. you to like they don't call it the Underdark, but it's it's the Underdark. Um yeah. and they give you this uh this float stone which will help you down there um and uh this is where it branches again but let's talk about what happens if you decide to be a heartless bastard and not help the brownie gnomes
0: well you you get punished with the worst thing in video games <laughs> which is a, which is a forest of illusion du, 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 du. It, yeah it's it's a really annoying so it's it's one of those things where you know you can choose the upper or lower path and you have to choose them in the right order yeah there are yeah. signs um some of which uh
2: like I, I love when you try to read the read them I, i'm not sure what condition it is but it's just like uh, it looks like monster letters to me yeah monster letters
0: i like i like that a lot monster letters is good Uh, good. but but kobolds are coming up and attacking the 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 war (laughs) war is treating me well i love that his name was erased too
2: he only responds to (laughs) Um,
0: no that was that was him responding to the letter okay cool
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, signed (laughs) yeah <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah. Uh there there are uh kobolds who will come in and destroy the signs. so you have to like read them to uh to get a sense of which way you're supposed to go. Yeah. Which uh still sucks because and, if you make the wrong choice too many times, oh good.
0: Or I was gonna say you're punished if you don't you either just get through or you get a really hard boss fight. <laughs> yeah, you get like what uh what is probably the hardest fight in the game. Yeah, black wing the black dragon. Yes. Yeah. Um they're really leaning into that dragon part of this. Yes. So lots of dragons yeah Uh, but it's not that dissimilar from the green dragon we fought before he's a little bit harder but same kind of basic dragon principles Mm -hmm. why
2: yeah yeah uh so assuming you have descended 90 floors into the uh into the earth uh to this you have kind of two ways you can go either the land of fire or the lost world well Um,
0: before we get to that um when you're falling there are little ledges you can land on so one of the gnome hints will tell you that uh there's a side path in this, the chute. Oh. If you hug one of the walls, you can actually land on a little landing. And this is where you get one of those like legendary treasures. Like, I can't remember which one. Oh, wow. I had no but idea. It, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> I think there's three chutes or three little like paths. And if mm. some of them just have monsters in them, but this is where you get, uh, if not the legendary treasures, this might be where you get like the two handed sword. Mm. Um, You get some of the weird, like upper end items from this. Nice. If you, uh, you find the right one. And the, the gnomes speak to that in oblique terms. This is an arcade game with riddles. Yep, yep. with uh, we are with riddles and with uh, little side passages like that. And we're going to get to a level with lots of side passages. Oh it's... yeah, and shit. But first, we have this our last little branch. Yeah, um, the land of fire or the lost world, which is really just fire or ice.
2: Yes, um, and they're very similar. And um, yes. looking at them, I chose uh, lost world this time when I played. Um, but they are uh, effectively just like hey, here's an, here's an underground cavern with these spouts, either ice uh, which will freeze you and lock you into place, or fire which will uh, you know. Burn you <laughs> and uh yeah it's either in the land of fire you're fighting hellhounds or in the land of ice the lost world you're fighting dark elves
0: yes and regardless of what you fight a salamander at the end whether it's a fire or ice salamander yeah so kind of weak honestly like this little section yeah. um you know and the, they're they're it's not a very good branch no. um compared to the meaningfulness of the the branch of helping the gnomes or, or going through the lost war, woods like that's very different this is not that different right um Regardless of which one you beat, and the, the bosses are not. Um, I find this boss actually kind of annoying. Um, they are segmented, like it's a you know a serpent boss, and it is hard to get close to and get in damage with this thing without spells. Yeah, um, and they're not as weak to their opposing element as I want them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're weak, but not as weak as I want them to be.
2: Yeah, like, uh, not not enough to actually reward the choice, like, if you're prepping for one, because, like, it's it's a little bit of a quiz at that point, right? Like, okay, you can go into Fire World or you can go into Ice World, and that is banking on you knowing, like, well, I'm specced to do damage against so-and-so, or I'm spec'd to take less damage from so-and-so. You would expect that to pay off more.
0: Yeah, do you understand elemental weaknesses, and I want more for that yeah um after you beat them um you get to see this gigantic castle yeah. and it's kind of hard like there's not a much much relation in space between stages in this, <laughs> right. this game um so it's kind of hard to tell why you're in front of a giant castle but you see this awesome <laughs> giant castle
2: yeah that uh, splits from the earth and rises into the sky and think, like, oh well how are we going to get up there there are no airships in this world <laughs>
0: yes uh, and the thief says hey you know how you didn't know i was there in tower of doom i actually was and i stole this warp crystal from devas wow you really are a master thief yeah i can i can travel i can steal from time <laughs> time itself um
2: but this warp crystal uh you know makes this uh the space
0: not really an issue
2: as you uh yes. as as you warp in
0: to uh an incredibly complex final stage yeah, the final dungeon, which has a lot of little optional rooms and hidden treasures and shit. Yeah, and like puzzles, like Zelda puzzles, where you are pushing
2: statues on top of pressure plates to open doors. And there are certain doors you can't open unless you have a certain
0: number of people in your party. Yeah, and mages can't push statues because they're too weak. <laughs> Pretty rad. Goddamn! Um, yeah. yeah, so you can get to—there's um, a couple different bosses here, and I know this—I couldn't get this to— work but there are different articulation points so Mm -hmm. the first boss you can run into is telarin um there's something you can do if you take one of the paths preceding this this boss fight is skipped oh wow um he either dies earlier or doesn't make it in time or something so but you can fight him again on the spiral staircase and it's more or less the same fight but there is a way to skip this
2: yeah and it's a it's a pretty cool set piece that they use a couple of times which diminishes the coolness just a bit
0: yeah exactly you're going up this big spiral staircase yeah um, which actually looks cooler than it would look if you were describing it in D and D. If you just the, did this over and over in D and D, it would be, mm-hmm. okay, we get it. Um, <laughs> in real, but in the uh, even though it would have the there'd be the uh, danger of falling then, mm-hmm. which would be scary. But yeah. the cool thing about this is is when you're kind of fighting your way up the spiral staircase, you see guys in the background, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I love chasing that. you. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's more warning than you usually get, and it implies that these uh, these enemies are coming from somewhere. Which yes. usually you just think, okay, well, it's like a lack of object permanence when you're playing a brawler. Like they don't yeah. exist when they're not on the screen fighting me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's another boss you can fight here as well. And uh, kind of, a, I'm skipping over a little bit of the, especially in the notes here, I'm skipping over some of the connective tissue uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of those little side paths are just a way to get extra treasure
0: and stuff. Um, it's fighting in treasure and it's stuff that I didn't do that I think is, is pretty well hidden. So I know yes. about it mm-hmm. and it's cool. Yes. Uh, but it is, uh, and I'm really glad it's there. I just didn't engage with it, mostly because I didn't often play just as the fighter. i mm-hmm. played as a lot of different people. Um, so I didn't have a consistent inventory. Yeah. I was trying different classes. Um, and just, uh, you know, I knew it's like, okay, I'm going to wiki this. Yeah. You know, I just kind of knew I was going to read afterwards. Mm-hmm
2: so uh so you can fight a boss in this kind of flaming arena his name is ezer horden and uh he's like this revenant is that the name of the enemy that we're fighting here i think so like a spirit yeah, yeah. um a really cool like a, like, a, like, he's a, he's a sweet ass ghost uh who flies around and his biggest attack here um actually uh like envelops you like he yes. will just swallow will swallow you up and do a bunch of damage
0: yeah it's really intense yeah um you fight a uh, you know the, a huge group of of night elves and hellhounds on the spiral staircase. After this, continuing to move up, um, and there's this uh, this bird sorcerer thing that's been kind of in. We've seen him before. Yeah, uh, this is Nagpa. Um, like I don't really toady. know what his story is. Um, he just
2: like he he seems like a side guy, but he says, "I'm actually one of the four masters, and you've defeated two of them." It's like, well, you yeah. didn't tell me I defeated two of the masters, so that doesn't yeah, mean anything.
0: <laughs> I didn't really know there were masters. Like the, the story, as much as it's ambitious for an arcade game. Um, and does some cool like DM fluff things. It is uh actually pretty ramshackle. Like it's yeah. a little bit like a story put in a food processor. <laughs> um, which is fine for an arcade game, but yeah. like at this point I was like, Who are you and why are you here? Um mm-hmm. but anyway, he uh he summons uh the Dark Warrior too. And it's uh it's your Dark Warrior again. Yes. He's back, um, maybe. <laughs> except
2: this time he has a big glowing sword. Yes And that's
0: really the only difference. Like he still knocks down pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um eventually you fight the uh Nagba who mm-hmm. shows up once you get to the center sanctum and nagba is cool because he's really weak but he concentrates on staying away from you while <laughs> bringing in the manticore and the black dragon to fight with him
2: yeah so this is gigantic you have two you know screen-filling enemies coming after you and fighting them will not do any good really you're just focused on avoiding them uh as you try and take out nagba himself
0: yes <laughs> um pretty cool yeah um eventually you get to the sorceress and you think you're going to fight the sorceress but the sorceress of course is a gigantic red dragon in disguise Uh, yes yeah and uh she attacks from the background Um, yeah you fight sin this is the uh, gigantic red dragon that literally fills the entire screen (laughs) is a background sprite two hands and a head
2: yeah and uh like this is tough because if you are close enough to attack the head which is the only part that can really take damage uh you are close enough for it to uh mow down on you
0: yeah that's what the the saying is like you just get cruise on up you're like you're close enough to attack the head you're close enough to mow down (laughs) if you're close enough to attack the head you're close enough to soon be dead Yes, exactly. As the old saying goes. Um so uh and the fire attack if you don't have specific equipment is an instant kill. Right. Um, which is kind of a bummer, but he does telegraph it. Or she does telegraph it quite a bit. Yes. So you know to to avoid.
2: Yeah. And uh yeah. these the, the the hands, they're kind of acting to hem you in.
0: Um like yes. they're they, they attack from either side and like rush inwards. And this is um I, I think it works on this boss. Um, if not, it works on the preceding hard boss, but just to mention it somewhere. Um, there's a magic staff that is essentially like staff of the Magi um, that you can get with the wizard here um, where there is an attack where if you have that magic staff, if you have more than 1 million XP for the entire party, hmm. um, everybody who's playing presses every button at once. You'll <laughs> break the staff and do the ultimate magic attack that unleashes every spell at once <laughs> and will kill any boss in the game in one hit oh, that's and, fantastic. and reduces every character down to one hit point. Huh? So what a weird hidden mechanic that is. Yeah. Just like, a, how cool is that?
2: Just an instant win button.
0: Well, and it's, it's part of the, uh, the Staff of the Magi. I think it's Staff of the Magi. People are going to be flipping out if I'm getting the staff wrong. But there is yeah. a uh, like one of those like Hand of Vecna-style um, magic items in D&D that everyone yeah. knows. That, that if, is you bre- a staff, if you break it, it's like yeah. an apocalypse in a box. Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's in this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really cool. It's worth watching somebody do that online yeah. just because the the conditions are really, really hard. So, um, but that's really, really cool. Yeah. And I think that works on Sin. You can use that on Sin. If not, you use it on the uh, the preceding boss yeah. to skip it. And uh, yeah, so but eventually you beat Sin. It took me a lot of quarters yep. to do so. And I think I probably spent, I think I put in 20 it tells you this like how many quarters you. yeah it's
2: a constant counter in the upper left i did about 25
0: yeah um, and on, i was playing with two players too so that, okay. that probably makes about sense yeah um but eventually um you know he uh you kill him you, you think he's knocked down he starts to actually rise again uh the fiend <laughs> thing that you've uh you've summoned starts to rise again but uh the galantry air force uh, a bunch of airships come and start nuking the place <laughs> yep
2: why didn't you do that before
0: i don't know <laughs> so. but
2: the day is saved
0: yes and uh, you get the credits, all the character variants kind of gather on the ship. So there's 12 of them mm-hmm. and they're going to go serve the kingdom.
2: Yep. And there are multiple endings and they're coded like F2 is like the second fighter ending. Um, It just depends on, you know, a, a lot of factors that I don't really understand, but it is pretty cool that you can
0: just see, you know, like the, uh, the animal house epilogue for your character. Yeah. Little, yeah. A little tiny, like, you know, fallout style. This is what happened to this person. Yeah. Um, really cool. And again, you don't see that in arcade games. Um, It's really, you know, it's really, really neat. Yeah. And like, so just want to underline something. And this applies to brawlers and turtle and turtles in time. And um, when I just said, I spent 20 quarters on this. Um, so 20 quarters is uh, what? Five bucks, $4, $4, yeah, no, $5, sorry, $5. $5 yeah. <laughs> so that is the way to think of these things. Mm-hmm. Like it, instead of resenting the fact that like, you're going to keep putting quarters into it. If you're just like, I'm going to spend five bucks and I'm going to play the Simpsons arcade game and treat it like a movie. You will have fun, mm-hmm. you know, and same thing with X-Men or this or like more fun with this, because I think this is this is my favorite beat em up uh, ever. But like, if you think of it in those terms, it doesn't feel bad. Right. You know, and it, it's usually like five bucks. Mm-hmm. You, I'm gonna go beat Sunset Riders for four bucks. <laughs> you know, it's a good time. Like it is a it is a good way to put it. I'm glad this game tracks it. Yeah. I didn't try playing either of these, like putting my giving myself an artificial budget because that might change things. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have three dollars. Mm-hmm. But like I, I said, there's the, uh, the steam guide for this. Um, the guy has a, a guide on how he like one quarters it and you can one quarter it. That sounds joyless party. to me. <laughs> we just had to get really good at it. It's it's yeah. like speed running. Yeah. Like not joyless. It's just like a level of mastery that I don't have. Yeah. It's the same kind of impulse that like Lobos, you know, beats Dark Souls with only one hand or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, it's, it's mastery.
2: So I suppose I'll emphasize the to me side of yeah. it because that's just not how I. Not how I roll in terms of priorities, but like I can totally
0: see like the fact that it's possible is cool. I think so, too. And it does speak to a fairness that maybe the game doesn't get credit for or the genre doesn't. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this is this is great. I'm happy we got a chance to talk through it and to, you know, like
2: we we ventured into self-parody there saying like, oh, this is an arcade game. Like we made that point a long time ago, but like it's remarkable. And the fact that that's kind of not going to happen ever again makes this an incredibly important artifact
0: i don't i would be i'm going to say this as a rhetorical question but it's not um or it's going to sound like a rhetorical question like if people are listening and they know examples of other ambitious arcade games that match this level of ambition uh let me know yes or love this level of complexity because i would like to hear it Mm -hmm. you know and i don't want to hear like oh street fighter is actually that complicated because everybody has you know a thousand different frame jabs and Cancel kicks and stuff more, like that. It's like, actually, you know, there's more possibility space than chess. I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear yeah, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this kind of uh, weird, like hidden secrets and like content that is complexity. That is like, I don't, I don't know exactly what the, how to explain the difference, but it's, it's <laughs> wider or deeper rather than wider. Yeah. Maybe it's not like a, I want to know more about that, Yeah. you know, and things that explicitly like try to emulate other gameplay experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, like trying to present a story and a campaign, or like a, that sense of high adventure, like doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. The closest thing is like Dragon, uh, Dragon's Lair, mm-hmm. uh, but that plays like trash, <laughs> right. like, you know. So it's like this. This is totally different.
2: Yeah. Um, well, th- th- I just, I, I think about it in these terms, especially having talked about this and, you know, talking about the way this branches and talking about just how much is hidden here. You know, if you compare and contrast the two of these, like Turtles in Time is a is, is a fine enough game, but, like, Mistara is really on its own because, like, you know, we talk about this in bonfireside Chat all the time, but, like, the bravery to just hide your content from people. Mm-hmm. Contrast, you know... Mistara with uh, Turtles in Time, which puts kind of everything up on Front Street a little bit, your first level, you are fighting Super Krang, and it is immediate visual spectacle, and you kind of have all of your mechanics right there available to you, whereas this is content to, you know, really let this kind of uh, dribble out, and, you know, just it it, uh, it hides its light under a bushel, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing that should be noted, like that's not a slam against Turtles and Time. No, it's not. Because that's Turtles, the standard. Yeah,
2: Turtles and Time is like it, it is it is a basic ass brawler, which is fine. It is an exemplar of the form. Yeah, you know?
0: And it and it's even a little bit more nuanced than say like the Simpsons arcade game or even oh, the yeah. X Men arcade game, which I like a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is this is more complicated than the X Men game. Um Turtles and Time is. Yeah. Um but Mistara is really special. Yeah um you know and it is it is an uh, unabashed recommendation for me if you have people to play beat-em-ups with Mm -hmm. like on the couch or uh you know on online like this is one of my favorite steam purchases i've made (laughs) like it is such a good product and it is so fun and it always like not always sounds good like you know because you play it there's there is a limited amount of content there but like if i'm just looking to punch stuff (laughs) like it is a really good game to like get together with Derek online and punch shit
2: yeah, like, like you'll get uh you'll 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 get a hankering for it like every nine months or so. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, and it, it's also like something we didn't really talk about, but like there are this kind of weird resurgence in modern brawlers. But I like like I got bored with Castle Crashers before I got bored with mm-hmm. Um and part of that is just that uh, what I'm doing like those special moves add a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like the quarter circle and, and all that stuff. That's a really big deal. Yes. And castle crashers has kind of a weapon variety. And then there are characters that are a little bit different, but like give me for a a genre that is known for that kind of like, you can, you can get a lot of adding complexity to a simple genre. You know, it doesn't always work. Like sometimes you end up with those weird, like you get like sphere trust and shit, (laughs) you know, and that's not cool. But like, if you, there is a, a sweet spot on that curve. And if you Mm -hmm. hit it, it's really magical. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. yeah,
2: I'm really happy we decided to, to dip into this. Like, it's going to be difficult to like. I don't. I don't know if there's much to be gained from doing like a an arcade brawler like this again. Like, I think we've hit we've hit kind of the high points. But, I think so too. Um, like River yeah. City Ransom is still waiting in the wings. I would love to play that and talk about it because I I, I like how esoteric and weird that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I don't know. I, I feel like uh, our community really chose right, um, which you know is the least they owe us after Soul Reaver.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, there's a there's a lot of talk on the on the slack channel too about uh the things that didn't make it and like um you know it's still uh so it, not to dash anyone's hopes but like there probably won't be a streets of rage 2 episode now because mm-hmm. i don't know what we would talk about after we talked about turtles right with that like it's different enemies and stuff but it is satisfying to like just kind of cover a genre and it's been fun this kind of this year um specifically the spring to do some genre stuff that we hadn't done before yeah you know, so that's been uh, stretching, kind of stretching out. Um, but this out of almost everything we've done, I feel like is like, this is the definitive version. Yes. Like, I don't know what we're going to do with uh This is <laughs> it for brawlers, guys. Yep. Um, other than, again, River City Ransom, which is a little bit different. Yes. You know, like that is a little bit more complicated. It's about economy and, and power, you know, character builds and shit in mm-hmm. a weird way. Um, You know, in addition to just being a brawler, but like you learn moves and, yeah. and things like that. It's it's, um, it's a console slash PCS experience. Yes. Um, so that's a little bit different. So you probably will see that at some point, but uh, I think this might be goodbye to Brawlers, and I'm glad we did it with uh, with these two games. Yeah. Um, what are you doing next time, Cole?
2: Well, Gary, next time we are doing our edutainment special. Uh, we're doing Oregon Trail and Typing of the Dead, uh, yeah. specifically for Oregon Trail. Uh, I think it's Oregon Trail Deluxe, um, which is uh, the MS, uh, MS-DOS uh, version of it that came out like in 1992 or so. Um, if it opens up with a glorious uh, color picture of the frontier then that is the correct one
0: mm-hmm. yeah yep and uh and then typing of the dead which is abandonware um you can find that if you are installing that on a modern computer just follow the instructions that came with the file um it will seem like it's going to run but you won't have sound and then look in the instructions it'll tell you the additional step you need to do yeah to make sound work and you want sound to work because you <laughs> want to hear that voice acting yes you do um you want to yeah, know so what g did i would like to suffer as he as gary does um the yeah so that's what we're doing after that we're doing an entire month uh about fallout new vegas yeah i'm really excited about that i'm
2: i'm so far into new vegas right now gary
0: (laughs) i'm jealous yeah
2: it is so good like uh contrasting that with uh with Fallout three like like every moment like i find myself wanting to play it as opposed to dreading to play it
0: yeah there are characters to like yeah (laughs) check that out man prim slim i want to talk to prim slim (laughs) like (sighs) so good yeah, uh, uh, so th-
2: that's going to be very much like our uh, previous Bethesda episodes. We've got an episode about the uh, very nuanced and multifaceted main quest of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, New Vegas, and we're also uh, we've got an episode about side quests and then the DLCs. Which uh, yes. Gary, I haven't done all the DL- all of the DLCs for this game. I just I'm, realized
0: that's great; you get new content. Which know, ones right? haven't you done?
2: Um, so I've done Old World Blues and I've done uh, Dead Money, but I haven't okay. done the other ones.
0: Okay, the uh, I think you've done the two best, but the uh, and the Honest Hearts I think is not very good but mm-hmm. uh it's still more fallout and then lonesome road is really weird and very divisive like some people really hate lonesome road um i think there's a lot to like about it cool um do it last it's hard it's uh yeah like the like the like a bunch of them follow a progression
2: right yeah 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 um yeah man i'm gonna play some of that
0: tonight i think i've got a i've got a fucking long to-do list but i'm going to try and hit more of it this weekend um, a fun thing to do with the DLCs in New Vegas that I did last time I played them. I'm gonna play them again for the show, but about a year ago I played them and went to them as soon as you can. Um so doing Dead Money when you are level like six oh, Jesus. is incredible hmm. because it becomes really survival horror <laughs> based. Like everything is very valuable, but then you come out with a bunch of gold. Yeah. Um it's pretty rad. So anywho, um, we're doing that. I'm really looking forward to that. We're not announcing what we're doing after that just yet. Yep. Um but uh we're looking forward to that and uh again doing so the next episode we will announce our our game after that. Yes. Um yeah. So uh if you like this show, if you want to support it, um the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV. Um mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot of stuff going on there, including a brand new show that you should listen to that <laughs> came out on Monday. Uh, yeah. When you're hearing this.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's called Monster in My Podcast. It is a three times weekly. Um, each episode is uh, is sub five minutes. And we are going through, right now, the monstrous manual from D&D Second Edition. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm incredibly proud of this. Uh, it was a tremendous amount of fun to make. But I think that uh, it's going to be very enjoyable. And I hope you think the same. So uh, yeah. that is available at duckfeed.tv And it's only
0: possible because so many people gave so generously at our Patreon campaign indeed yeah so this is the kind of thing we want to provide for additional you know as we get more support we want to make more shit yes um so if you go to patreon you can see all the new shows that we have planned and we want to do all of them um you know but again uh, the sad reality is we need more money to do that because like specifically uh you know that final fantasy one but even all of these even mm-hmm. monster of my podcast which is relatively breezy uh still takes time yes and uh we you know we need to uh We feel that we should like, it's not wrong to ask to be compensated for that time. (laughs) And we actually have to not do other things that can make us money during the time we spend researching and recording that. So, um, you know, that is, that is the connection. We want to do more stuff. That's how it's going to happen. Um, If you, uh, you also get things out of it other than just, you know, abstract new shows in the future. Um, You get shows a day early. uh, You get access to our Slack channel, which is a fun chat room Mm -hmm. um, that is blowing up. Um, A lot of people there. It is really good community. Yeah. um and uh, interact with us and interact with other fans um and then you can also get kind of physical rewards like postcards and things like that
2: yeah um above certain tiers you get uh bonus content either waft tracks so if you like our opening sketches we give some commentary on those especially from episodes way way back when um and uh also like special episodes of abject suffering or uh like brand new shows at the highest tiers um like adaptation decay where we talk about bad um video game adaptations like movies and i imagine we're going to eventually move into books maybe Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But uh, just uh, and and then also try this where Gary and I like suggest a piece of media to each other. Um, A big part of this and uh, like this is kind of strategic, but also just like, you know, talking about video games is fun. But like it's fun to talk about other stuff. Like if you want to hear us talk about things that are not video games, uh, that is a great way to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but I'll mention it real Uh, again. uh, I wrote a book. If you go to www.powerworlds.com, you can find information on buying it. It is a parody of the uh, worlds of power books based on dark souls. Yes. And it is now available. I am sitting right next to a stack of boxes uh, as tall as I am sitting down (laughs) full of these things. Yeah. Uh, So they are available for
2: purchase. Yep, It is a fantastic book. Um, And even if you are not interested in uh, uh, buying it, which shame on you, if you're not um, (laughs) Gary won't say that, but I will Um, uh, go check out that website because
0: it is a fucking work of art. (laughs) uh, Yeah. It is uh, something that I had ideas for, but I had a lot of help but the person who helped me uh, does this for a living and can't get credit for it <laughs> because they would be in violation of their contract. So I feel really bad. People are giving me tons of compliments on this website that I did only a little bit of the work on. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is uh so whoever that mystery person is out, out there, uh, I know who they are, but you never mm-hmm. will. And, <laughs> uh, and know that you have a, a secret admirers in the, uh, the the veritable dozens like tons of people told me they really like this <laughs> yes um so it is a, it is a, a period website it is from when the uh, the game would have come out yeah. or the book would have come out it, <laughs> um, yeah it is it is so appropriate for uh for just every every part of it yeah and the book is also available if uh, if, if a physical book is not your thing um, the audio book is now available um, you can get that from the website narrated by our own Brayton Cameron um, and then the uh, there is a PDF version I'm working on changing it into an EPUB hmm. and making that available as well. Nice. So trying to make it as easy as possible to get all these things in your hand. And then uh, depending on the response, I'm going to try to do the fallout one this summer. Nice. So uh, I would really like to do that. So yeah. uh, check this out and see if you like it and see if you would support me doing it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, if you have any thoughts about the upcoming games, either Oregon
2: Trail, Typing of the Dead, or uh, Follow New Vegas, a lot of people have already written in about uh, New Vegas, but we would love to hear about the other two. Uh, go to duckfeed.tv contact, and uh, just, you know, tell some friends, uh, share with us. This is a huge time for the network still. We're in that uh, glorious afterglow of, uh, of uh, Dark Souls 3, and if you're new to the show and you're listening to it, welcome. Thank you. And, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is just kind of continuing to get better and more fun. And I am very much, uh, just kind of in love with the cool new stuff we get to do.
0: So thank you, everybody. Thanks everybody. Um, until next time, what should they watch out for? They should watch out for monster words. Yeah. Absolutely. Monster letters. (laughs) Um,